Hello. It's Chet. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. We need a catchphrase, like the podcast that is dark. Um, no, that's not very good. Uh, so, anyway, sorry, this is kind of crazy right now. I am, I've got a, but it's 11.42 on Monday evening, I'm recording this. And I just got done with this amazing NC Winters in interview. And uh, episode 136, this is episode 136. It was very energizing, and he's a really great guest and a really amazing artist. And, um, but he, he could only do it late. Normally I do the podcast, you know, last week so that I have time to get everything together. But now I have to record the intro tonight, get everything to Brian Kilgore, our amazing, the official audio engineer of the dark art society so that he can put everything together, make it sound pretty. And I have to do the little card for the you know, the little placard thing in Photoshop and I got to do all this stuff and I got a bunch of stuff, business stuff I got to do tonight. I have to have done tonight. So it's kind of crazy right now. Anyway, a weird synchronicity. Let's start off with this weird synchronicity that happened. Um, I just happened to interview NC Winters because we reconnected with the Dark Art Society group show. I asked him to be in. I've known him for a long time, but as with most of these artist friends I have, we we're locked away in our studios for most of the most of our lives so we don't get to see each other much um <clears throat> so anyway i asked him to be in the dark art society show because i knew i wanted to have him on the podcast eventually anyway and his work's great and uh he's like the the gig poster guy he's the gig poster god he's focused on doing gig posters for bands for the last i don't know how many years but he's really amazing one of the best and prominent in the field and the weird synchronicity is that i just so happened to do a gig poster for tool tonight it was released tonight on this show in la and um so that was just kind of a weird thing i never do gig posters i think this may be the first gig poster i ever did maybe i can't think of another one and i interview nc winters the same night trip out on that anyway we had a great conversation i know you're gonna really enjoy uh listening okay let's get on so oh okay what's going on here um yeah things have been crazy here things have been really crazy i just have major major bills again coming up and uh sales were kind of non-existent for a little while and i was kind of shitting my pants wondering what the hell I was going to do, but I um, released these Halloween prints. You can get them at chetzar.bigcartel.com. And um, up until Halloween, they're only 15 bucks. These little eight by 10 prints of horror movie studies I do for fun. Um, anyway, I just trying to be resourceful and, and figuring out how I was going to make money for this bill that's coming up and i was like oh i'm gonna re-release those prints i was planning on doing that anyway for halloween just been a little late a little slow going because of the dark art society group show kind of 
ate up the first part of my month. So, uh, and I've got some studies that are probably will be released by the time you hear this. Just a little tidbit. I haven't promoted this fact much, but if you want first crack at any of my studies, I post them all on my Patreon first and um, people at the higher levels get the first crack at buying them. And then the lower levels get second crack at buying them. Then they go out to the general public. So if you are tired of missing out on a study you wanted to mine, then join my Patreon at patreon.com slash chetzar. Um, anyway, yeah, so it's been really crazy. I've got uh, these, you know, financial stuff for my business. I got to get done and, um, uh, separate from earning money, paperwork stuff. And, uh, so I've just been going crazy trying to get all that done and doing some studies and bringing money in all at the same time. But, um, it's all working out. Had a good interview tonight. Like I said, uh, so, okay, let's get on with it. I got to get to work. So new subscribers, new subscribers to the Patreon. And if you join the Patreon for only a dollar a month, like Dan Quintana said, $12 a year. NC Winters brought this up too. $12 a year. You can support the Dark Art Society podcast to keep it free for everyone. Um, it's patreon.com slash dark art society and you get the podcast a day early. There will be other features that we will be adding to the Patreon that you will get just for being a member. Um, but you know, we're just kind of doing the best we can right now, but we launched the website. The website is really great. Um, previously or still actually at this point, when you join the Patreon, you get access to the, the private Facebook group for all the members. And that's a really active group, but we're trying to, we, we launched this website to try and maybe get people off of the Facebook group and into their own site. So we have our own little home base now and, and Josh G just did a really amazing job on it. Jeff Bradford's helping out as well. And um, I just went on the site today. It's really cool. Just be aware that we are working the bugs out and Josh has to add people individually at this point. So if you're not added right away and you you go and try and um, join, it, it might be a, a day or two or something. So be aware. Anyway, let's see. We've got, okay. I don't know if I, Thomas... Nagovin, thank you for joining. Thomas is, I believe, from the uh, Century Guild, and they they are uh, they are uh, doing a book for Stan. Let me look that up. Stan, Dark Art Stan, Stanislav. Um. Let me see if I could find that. Uh, sorry. This is, uh, oh, okay, here we go. Not a very well thought out intro, I'm sorry to say. This is indicative of the week I've had. Okay. What is the 
shit. Well, look up Sketches of Pain. Hardcover book of Stanislav. I still don't know how to pronounce his last name. Krauzik. Stan Dark Art. Search that on Kickstarter and you can get Stan's new book. He's finally getting a book. And uh, anyway, that's what Thomas does. He publishes these books and has art shows and stuff. So thank you, Thomas, for joining. Um, Tatamir, who's a, another great artist I show with, see him at all the shows. Thank you for joining. James Bell, thank you for joining. That's it for this week. Uh, let's get on with the five questions so you can get on to this excellent, excellent interview. Uh, okay. I just uh, uh, may look through these. I haven't picked them out ahead of time. I got to sort through the dumb questions. Um, not dumb questions, but questions that don't have an answer or people just trying to be smart asses. Um, yeah, most of them are Most of them are uh, good questions. Mm. Wow, there's so many good ones. I don't know what to choose. Uh, Eric Tengren, what are you watching for horror movies this month? I watched Salem's Lot, and I was surprised. The one from the 70s, it still held up, I thought. I thought it was still good and creepy. You know, it was a TV movie in the 70s, and there's a couple... Uh, scenes that are right before a commercial that are kind of like that are sort of cheesy but other than that there's some really great stuff in it so I would recommend that um, let's see Tracy Ramirez who's your favorite sculptor slash artist why um, famous favorite sculptor I you know I've that's a good question because I don't, as, as much as I love sculpting, I don't really feel like I have a favorite sculptor. Um, my favorite painters. That's a, that's a good question that I wasn't prepared for. I'll tell you who is my favorite sculptor lately. Um, El Mescalito, who I want to get on the podcast. He does paper mache sculptures that are just unbelievable i don't know how he does it and they're so good oh kazu's a good one kazu's amazing he's definitely a favorite of mine everybody loves kazu kazu's a genius <clears throat> but i'll give a uh, shout out to el mescalito because his stuff is is in the in the dark art realm and it is so he's so good and it's paper mache and i still can't get over it and i can't understand how he does it and his you know it's it's paper mache, but it's not any less than bronze or any other traditional medium. You know what I'm saying? It's like the lines, the forms, it's all as legit as anything. So his, his stuff's great. Okay. Um, William Butler, what's the one thing you always have in your frigid air? Okay, um, what is the one thing that's always in the frigid air? It's not really frigid air, but the fridge. Uh, almond milk. 
How about that? Okay. No. Michael R. Miller. This is question four. If you had a month off, bills are paid, and you own nothing art-wise, other projects, what art would you make first? That's a great question. I don't even know. I haven't even thought about it. If I had nothing pressing that I had to do, I would just... Wow. I'm at a loss for words. That's how filled up my schedule is that I haven't even considered that. Maybe I would, you know, maybe, okay, here's a good one. I would start working on my big four by six book, six foot painting I want to do someday. I've mentioned this before. I have this amazing Gothic frame that my framer is holding for me that holds a four foot by six foot canvas. So um, I want to paint that and make at least w one big epic painting in my life that and take like, you know, a year on it or six months or something. So I would probably be sketching that and designing that painting because I would want it. To, it would be like a, a lengthwise painting, not like a, you know, like more of a horizontal rectangle shape. Um, so that's, that would be kind of different for me. Big scene. I have an idea. Graveyard, maybe, with some cool stuff. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, Gina Armijo is question number five. Weirdest, most noteworthy dream you've had lately? I've had some really good ones lately. Since I've been doing this magic business, part of the magic practice is having a dream journal. So uh, I've been so tired lately because I've been working so hard that I haven't been able to remember the dreams that well. But, uh, you know, here's something. This is really stupid and kind of funny, but when I woke up this morning, I had two ideas. One was I remember thinking, oh, this is a great idea. Of course, I forgot that one immediately. It was a, like a practical idea. The other one was just a dumb idea, that, uh, like a dumb comedy thing. And, and I remember that one, of course. And that was... You know that Marilyn Monroe famous pose where it's Marilyn Monroe in a dress and the and the air from the sidewalk is blowing her dress up and she's kind of pushing it down. It was that image, but it was a Scottish man, like an old scruffy Scottish guy with a kilt. It's absurd. What can I say? I remembered that one. I forgot the important one. Uh, my other, the I've been having a lot of dreams about makeup effects, and I cannot for the life of me figure out what it means because I. Don't think about makeup effects anymore. It's not my job anymore. I have no idea, but I'm, it's, I've been having a lot of work dreams that I'm working in makeup effects, and I cannot figure it out. So if you have any ideas, let me know. Okay, that's it for the five questions. Let's see. I'm trying to zip through this here. Um, yeah, nothing else other than uh, join the Patreon so that you can get in on the the new website and help build the community because there is a real community happening here and you can be part of it and help it grow you know we're not dictating what this thing is we're kind of all chiming in with ideas to start this community so we need you to be part of the community and contribute with your ideas and your artwork and all that so patreon.com slash dark art society.
Okay, let's get on with it. The NC Winters interview. You're going to love it. It's a good one. All right, here goes. What's up, NC Winters? Hello, sir. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for getting that nice new mic, too, just for this. I feel <laughs> I'm honored that you would go to all that trouble. <laughs> I've been meaning to get one forever. I've been uh, dabbling with thinking about podcasting forever. And I was like, well, hey, here's a good reason to finally yeah. buckle down. And the one you had at, uh, at the show was really nice. And I was like, well, which one is that? And, you know, it's the classic yeah. best one that everybody gets. So I was like, well, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's they're pretty cheap and they sound really great. And they're actually really useful for, you know, if you ever get into doing like like I'm doing on the Patreon tutorials and stuff. It's like you can narrate and it sounds really good and it doesn't sound all echoey, you know, like a room, like, you know, just straight from your your computer or I, iPad or whatever. But anyway, that's not important. <laughs> You're important. Well, it's funny. It, it might be. I was considering at some point doing like some, some live video or some, you know, like a YouTube back when that was still a thing. And then it was, you know, Instagram video or just time lapse. And right. I thought, well, I've been wanting to sort of have a maybe a podcast thing or a thing where I talk, um, but I don't want to narrate as I'm drawing. But maybe I could do a voiceover right. after the time. That's, that's what so, I do. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I would, oh, you do that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've do, I've done a I've done a tutorial where I narrated while I did it, and most but most of them I do well after the fact because I have to edit them together in, in Adobe Premiere anyway, so it's just easier and it sounds better to do it after. That makes sense. You have you can cut from whole cloth and stitch it all together rather than do it in one take. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, plus my camera's it only like records for a certain amount of time, and then I have to start it again, so it's kind of a hassle. But <clears throat> I I like to put little titles on the beginning and ending of the the videos, so I got to bring it into Premiere anyway. Yeah, I did a bit of video way back in the day, and and the little bit that I did, the, I actually dug the editing and the overlay and the fade ins and fade outs. Super so fun, really. One of these really. days, I'll get back to it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun and 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 pretty easy with with uh, Adobe Premiere is what I use. And yeah, I love all that stuff, digital editing and After Effects. I wish I had more time to mess around with that, animate my paintings and stuff. So I really want to do is make animations just cut out cut out sections of my paintings and like make them move around and stuff. Oh, I could see that. That'd be great. That'd be great because I could see them being bases for, well, I mean, you've obviously done, you know, you have backgrounds in animation and stop motion and all, but, um, but actually having the, the, you know, textures themselves moving right. might be, might be more interesting than having someone then make something off of it. Or I guess you, right, right. you have a deep history of that. So yeah, I was thinking um, like cutting, cutting it up like in layers, like in Photoshop basically, and then totally. moving, moving things around. But, um, someone just did that actually for, a a tool song, one of the new tool songs, they animated a bunch of my paintings all singing. <laughs> nice. And it the got, singing part seems odd for your work. <laughs> it was, was kind of hilarious. It was, it was funny, but weird and cool. Cause it was like, I've been thinking about animating these things and seeing them singing, was amazing. This guy's name. What was his name? Misha. Hold on. I gotta. I gotta look now. Misha George, I think. But he, but it got taken down because of copyright. Yeah, Misha George. Um, now I gotta Google it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I glad you're going to Google first, so I can do, do it without any shame. 
Uh, MishaGeorge.MyPortfolio.com is his website. But um, I don't think it's up anymore because he was kind of asking me if I could help out with it in any way. And I was like, I don't, I don't, wouldn't know the first thing about what to do, but, um, hopefully it'll, it'll reappear at some point. Anyway. Yeah. When you find it, show it to me. Yeah. I, see it. I love what like people like Skinner are doing. And yeah. He works with, I know. Uh, I know. Hey, beautiful jerk. I think with uh, adult swim and all that. And then I see that and I was like, well, I both, I both really want to do this now. And then I never want to do it because it looks friggin' amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Animations on the list too. Yeah. Right. So many things on the list that like someday when we have all this extra free time and stuff that will help and money, um, either <laughs> time yeah, and money, exactly. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I can just clone myself and then, and then keep four of them locked uh, in a basement somewhere and just have them work. Uh, I mean, frankly, they'd probably be happy to do it. I'd be happy to do it, but yeah. Yeah. I'm- schedules all that stuff yeah that's the main thing is i i love doing that stuff i'm like so into the i'm like a hands-on person i'm really into the process of things i'm not a great delegator i'd rather just do it myself but i never have the time to do it you know it sucks <laughs> that sounds familiar yeah this has been the year <laughs> of like actually delegating a little bit uh um, getting a few people to help out but I, there's still way too much like iron grip on on not wanting to let you know, go it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I know it's dumb in the long run. I'm going to look back and say, yeah, why did it take me so long? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was going to tell you, I was going to tell you, how do you, how are you? I can't tell. How is your mic positioned? Are you talking into the top or the side? So when I got this, I was of course Googling, you know, best methods for podcast mics. And it said, talk into the side. Yeah. Right. Um, That's what, but I I don't know. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. I, I I can't tell the way yours is. I was just gonna tell you. Um, yeah. So I have it here, and I'm kind of doing one of these. Right. Uh, and yeah. I don't know if it's an omni thing where you're getting panning, but uh, I tested with my wife earlier, and she's and she's she couldn't tell a super difference, so I figured I would go with what they suggested. Yes. Uh, does it sound okay? Yeah. If 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 you, you you have to talk to like, you know, down into the side. Yeah, oh, into the side, and not really into into the top. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, it sounds a little richer, maybe. Is that, yeah. Is that more of a sultry radio yeah. sound? It's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's it all sounds ASMR good anyway. <laughs> anyway, come on. Come on now. Let's get let's get on to you. This is your this interview. Is what people want. Oh man. <laughs> Talking a bunch of bullshit. Of <laughs> so first off, first off, first off, when did we meet? Because I you're another one of these guests that I've known forever, it seems like. And we never, you know basically email once in a while or, you know, talk online, but I haven't seen you in forever. It seemed like that, that since that, that like show was the last time. It's like we see each other once or twice a year right. at some, some place. That, oh, I mean, you're, you're LA area, right? Designer con. I was going to say designer con. And I feel like you were not in and you were asking me and I was like, why aren't you in here? <laughs> um, Cause no, I think I, I didn't go to the <laughs> Anaheim one. Since yeah, you you you've been a designer con. It's like your third year now, like exhibiting or. I've done it for like four years or five years or something. But once think, once they moved to Anaheim, I stopped doing it because I I don't want, don't want to drive down there. It's too far for me. Yeah, I seem to recall <laughs> you coming by and asking. I think you came to the booth and were like, "Hey, you know," or I, I might have still been painting with Treckle, and uh, you said, "Hey, you know, this looks cool," and I was like, "You you should be here." Like they've gotten more. I think Tim Moore oh, and the whole. 
the movie effects and uh, special effects horror stuff, it was starting to add more. Every year it adds like another, you know, huge, huge wing right, of different right. talented people. And I was like, I'm seeing more effects. I'm seeing more, uh, basically a lot of what, what I understand that you do. And I was like, you know, I think, I think you'd do great here. And, and you're then, like, yeah, I've been considering it. And yeah. Since. So and then I did it, I, and then I, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it was my favorite. Well, that and Monster Palooza are my favorite conventions, but they moved away, so that kind of, that kind of bummed me out. Oh, they're not in. Uh, was it was it Burbank or where were they? Pasadena. Yeah, Monster. Palooza. Yeah, because it was the same building as the Designer Con building for a while. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's I still do, I still do that one. I just don't do the Designer okay. Con since they moved to Anaheim. And the one time I went to an actual Monster Palooza. I saw Gris Grimley and Alan Williams and all these people, and I was like, "Oh, this is great!" And because I was scouting it to see if it would be a good fit, because I have a lot of you know dark stuff that I hadn't been showing, and I kind of yeah, you'd be you'd do great there. From it. Well, and that's what the vibe was. And then I think I just you know I heard there's a bit of a wait, and then it was sort of in this transition to doing fewer conventions. Yeah, right. Um, now it's, you know, then it's a whole other thing to add, and I think the timing was. I don't know. It was one of those, yeah, I'm totally going to do it. And then I never did. Yeah, um, I know. But it looked really amazing. It looked really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I do that. I've been doing that for the last couple of years for that. Uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, Oddities. Oddities oh, flea market show? thing they do. It's like a weekend kind of outdoor marketplace, goth marketplace kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think it's the people from the show put it on maybe. That was how I uh, discovered uh, what's now I'm spacing on his name. The the dude with all of the uh, blown apart bone stuff. I'm going to talk. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy who puts it on. I saw his collection. Yeah. And then I saw his collection outside of the show. I was like, whoa, that's that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I miss a lot of the dark stuff, man. The last time I think the first time we met. You you wouldn't have been involved with anything with Gallery 1988, right? Like, did you ever show there? Or? Yeah, I did. Um, <clears throat> I showed there a, a few times. A decade ago. <laughs> what? Like a decade ago? Because I think that's about when I started. So we might have met there, but I just, I didn't know if that'd be somewhere that you would have had, you know, feet on the ground. Yeah, I did the Comedians show. I did the, the, uh, I did, that one. I did uh, the, American McGee's Oh, the Alice, Alice show. show. Yeah, I did that. Yes, yes. Yeah, I was in that show. I wonder yeah. if that's where we met. Because I had knew I had known of you and I known of your work, of course, but I don't think we'd ever met because I think I was like someone's like, That's Chet's I was like, is, is that him? Is that what he looks like? <laughs> is that what he looks like? like Well, more more so a lot i don't know about you but we see all these people's work online and yeah. you don't always have photos of yourself because i was like i don't i don't know what he looks like i don't, right. I don't have any idea. um i'm like i'll take your word for it because i don't i don't know this was you know <laughs> god over 10 years ago and then i think i introduced myself but um no, it was cool. one of many like i don't know actually what the person looks like but i i love the work oh, um, so i'm guessing that must have been it because that was a great show yeah was, so that was a long time ago that was I don't know, 2010, 2009. I keep wanting to say four or five years ago, and I realize that's my habit now for everything <laughs> that's over that's 10 years ago. That's because you're getting you know? old, man. That's what happens when you get old. <laughs> Remember the 90s? You know, that was only like 10 years ago. It's like, no. Yeah, no, right. No. Exactly. Almost that. 30 years now. I know. <laughs> 
it gets worse. And then you start repeating yourself. And then when you have a podcast and you start repeating yourself and you forget that you said stuff, it's really <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but yeah, you have, yeah, I'm, I'm, you I'm definitely, you definitely um, have always had kind of a dark edge to your work. Um, a weird edge, you know, it's yeah. like, it was, I, I always thought your work was definitely in the, in the dark art realm just because it was, there was just always like a weird, dark edge to it. I thought, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, no, that's that. Yeah, I agree with that. So you're into that sort of thing, that horror, horror movies and stuff like that, or or Halloween. So here's, and <laughs> here's the weird thing: I don't think I've seen more than a couple official, actual horror movies in my wow. life. Um, I loved the box art. I loved dark stuff i loved artists like giger um i loved a lot of of dark work uh Bekzinski, uh how do you pronounce his name Bekzinski? Bekzinski. Bekzinski, i think so edit the five ways i butchered it out <laughs> um so there was a lot of different um things i was into and my work kind of always had a, a bent towards it but and a lot of people have asked and i was like i just haven't seen a lot of horror movies and i was talking with some um excuse me some gallery folk and um they were offering you know some cronenbergian you know properties and and different ip for different horror stuff and, and friday the 13th and i was like my work would i think fit very well for those mm -hmm. but so many of them i just i just missed like i just never got around to i missed that wave as a kid Right. Um, everyone saw hyper into it and it's like it had to I think it had to grip you when you were young to really be into the horror. Right. So a lot of those movies don't necessarily hold up. But yeah, there's a lot. You got to you got to get the right ones because a lot of them are a lot of horror movies are just terrible. Yeah. Just terrible. Like they're like, you know, trashy, terrible movies. But there are some really good ones. So so it's a matter of really no, finding the right ones, you know. No, I absolutely have my some of my faves that don't hold up at all. It's nothing about that. One of my favorites is uh, one of my favorites is Dune, the original, to which mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I think was a technical bomb. But yeah, I, the visuals in that were just still mind-boggling. I need to know? see that again as an adult because I saw it when I, I was way into David Lynch because of Blue Velvet and Eraserhead, and then I went to go see Dune, and I was I was disappointed. Like you know, it I didn't. I remember just being disappointed, but I was like 14 or something or 15. I don't know how okay. old I was. So now, now it's got this cult following and I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So I want to see it now, especially, be, you know, I'm still a huge David Lynch fan. So, um, when that was actually one of my first Lynch films and I think most people that either loved it or yeah, they, they didn't care for it. It yeah. didn't, it didn't resonate, but I have a lot of those, the alien films, uh, Dune, a whole bunch of, I just watched, um, cause we wanted to see the new dark crystal. My wife had never seen the original. So I rewatched that and I realized, you know, all of Jim Henson stuff when I was a kid, that still mm -hmm. resonates. Um, even though there's parts of that, that of course don't hold up cause it's, got almost 40 years old right. but um but it's an amazing those so those elements of that that darker you know vibe you know absolutely resonate with me but specifically a lot of the horror movies weirdly um i just i just i just missed them growing right. up like i yeah. just uh I, I never but people see the dark stuff and they're like oh you know is that your jam and i was like it's not that it's not my jam yeah just, right you know, I'm, I, I missed it but so but i do have that dark bent and i do want to explore that more uh 
And I, there's some, some projects in the work that I might be able to do that. So cool. Yeah. I, I find that with, um, bands like certain, especially cause I, I, I grew up with like, mm-hmm. there's these certain punk bands that I was, I got into like at the right age, like around, I don't know, 17 or 16. Actually, I got into punk a little bit later than some of my friends. I was like 17 or so. So I got really into Dead Kennedys, kind of the classics, you know, the Minutemen and and um, some of these cool cool punk bands. But then there's other bands from the same era like Crass and Exploited and uh, other bands that people – consider great punk bands but because i wasn't that right age i listen to it now and mm-hmm. it's like mm, it sounds just kind of okay it's not you know you have to be right. in that mindset at that time for it to really take root you know it's what i call the uh it's what i call the stranger things effect so did you see stranger things mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so depending on how old you are when you know the, those spielberg films came out that it's sort of trying to right. you know, emulate and, and tap into I figured out that um, I, I noticed in watching that that the stuff in the in the series wasn't ultimately super scary for you know what we're used to seeing on on the screen now. Right. But what they did show, um, that they did in a way that tapped into the exact same thing that spooked you when you were a kid watching it. Right. And somehow, apparently, that stuff got hardwired. Right. So it can still like you know we want to turn the lights on or we want to you know get under the covers watching that now thirty years later because it's like that stuff got burned in there. And I think a lot of the punk and a lot of music, a lot of horror, a lot of that stuff, it's the same thing. Like it still resonates strongly because it grabbed you as a kid. Yeah. So you can like you can like carry that with you to now. But if you miss that early hook, yeah. It's really hard. You're like, I don't I don't get yeah, it. Yeah. Like, what's the big appeal of this? Right, so, right, right. It's a trip. I find that really fascinating. Yeah, it is really interesting. Hey, I want to what your your mic sounds not as good as it did in the very beginning now. What, what what where's the thing? Where's no? I think me moving it, moving it, may, maybe messed you up. What? Where's the, the button? That button. I have a feeling is oh, is the mute button it. supposed to be on this side? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were talking into the back. I had of it, it backwards this whole time. That wow. sounds great. <laughs> was, right it was only the first seventeen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right cut all that out hey, Chad, i'm glad to be on the show man thanks for having me <laughs> oh my god okay well Total now amateur hour well, right hey, hey uh now you know now you'll never forget <laughs> what a way to learn there's no way like the hard way yeah. that's what i always say that that will that will burn itself on at my brain and i will not make that <laughs> okay so anyway uh, are we good now i think we're good yes the sound yeah you sound great you sound <laughs> yeah you sound really great <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Now these are actually like this now. These so, are no. these are those magic moments that you hope to capture on tape. So it's oh. perfect. I love this stuff. Um, yeah. So where are you from? Let's get back to let's 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 cover the kind of like uh, hey. boring stuff first. So I'm originally I'm originally from Phoenix, uh, born oh, and raised. I didn't know that. Um, and then when I was God, we kind of moved around a lot. When I was eight, we moved to Iowa for one year. Wow. In Des Moines. Wow. Yeah, um, my my dad had a job placement, and then um, I think for health reasons we had to move back. He he, something about the weather, right? Something happened, um, and so I moved back to a different part of Phoenix. Lived there through my high school. Um, went to school in a college in Tucson, University of Arizona, and then pretty much right after that we moved to New York. Um, we were we living in Jersey City. 
and uh, my wife and I, uh, girlfriend at the time, um, and uh, we moved in Jersey City, got some jobs in Manhattan, stayed there about three years. Um, we're thinking about a family, and then just we're like we are we are desert rats. We are from the Southwest. This is not this is not long term uh, for us. We love it. This is not where we want to set up a uh, you know a family. Mm-hmm. So we were like, where's warm? Because we were missing the sun. And I'm like, oh, I heard San Diego's nice. <laughs> so we um we took a vacation. I'm using air quotes in this audio medium we took a vacation to san diego and uh during that week before we left uh, we put a we put a down payment on a lease for an apartment and pretty much two weeks later we drove we just up and left and wow. uh we, you know we were tying things off back east anyway but we you know we got out moved out to to escondido and then moved into carlsbad and we've been there God, we've been here ever since probably god 12 12 or 14 years now i don't even know maybe wow. 17 years Maybe twelve years. I don't know time anymore. But yeah, so we've been out. <laughs> we've been out here in uh, in the Carlsbad area for for the last you know decade plus, and we're probably not going anywhere for a while. We like it here. Excellent. Well, what what when did you start working professionally in in the arts? You know, I mean, for, oh, first off, I, you were, you were the weird art kid. You have to have been in school, oh, yeah. right? For sure, because your stuff is like yep. way too good for you not to have. Been an art, an <laughs> to, art kid, a weirdo. To art not kid. have been like abandoning social stuff to yes. be drawing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, what ticked you off? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, my. I always like to say my first professional gig was I think in uh, my kid loves this story, like fourth or fifth grade, where I was drawing Ninja Turtles and like charging. Uh, I was just giving them away, and my mom's like, "You got to charge money." And so I was selling. <laughs> quarter and uh to me that was like that was i was the king of the world uh, selling, <laughs> cool. selling my ninja turtle doodles for a quarter 50 cents um extra candy money that's great uh, and i pretty i pretty much been drawing since i was probably six or seven it's mm-hmm. weird to think about I know. yeah and, and just non-stop just non-stop was you know drew all over everything i, I joked for a while that you know drew on I drew on my homework and then I drew on my tax forms. Like I just, I just I escalated the stuff that I wasn't supposed to draw on. Right. Uh, yeah. I've been, I've been drawing and, and, and painting, but mainly drawing since God, is that right? For almost 34, 35 years. God. How old are you? That's, I will be 40 in January. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I guess like 30, 33 years sounds about right. So, um, so yeah, say it loud sounds insane. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it only gets worse. <laughs> um, uh, you're about, you're a little older than me, right? No, I'm like 12, 13 years older than you. I'm going to be 52 in November. No shit. Yeah. Man, well, my friend. Thank wow. you. It's, uh, I knew you were a little older, a couple of years, <laughs> Five, but nice, nicely it's, done. It's well, it's you know. I think mainly it's the 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 hair hasn't turned gray yet. I've got a few gray hairs, but um, I don't know. I don't even. It's like how I look is really my last priority in my, in my life at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like Likewise. this is kind of the way it worked out. Whatever. I want to make some art. You know, I'm trying to make a living here. It's just like I just want to keep my nose to the grindstone. I mean, it's kind of one of the. I've said this before too. It's sort of one of the benefits of getting older is that you don't care as much about those things. So you're, yep. you know, you're not wasting energy on that sort of thing. Um, 
and uh so many years wasting time and energy and focus on that kind of stuff yeah, so it yeah. is it is nicer now yeah it <laughs> is yeah. a perk yeah and it gets it gets better the, the older and uglier you get <laughs> <laughs> i just i would just wouldn't mind like i don't mind the gray and the silver i just would rather it's the asymmetry that drives me nuts i'd rather just it all go white it all go silver <laughs> really it's the, it's the yeah just 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 Go ahead and do it all, but don't none of this halfway stuff. Uh, <laughs> none of this halfway. I, I wouldn't. Business. I don't think I'd mind, or yeah, or lose all the hair, but whatever. But like, just 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 commit one direction <laughs> or the other. <laughs> it's the in between that's bugging me. Right. So yeah, no, it, it, I don't. I don't definitely don't mind as much. Um, yeah, it's not really my it's on my radar. That's for sure. Well, you don't have to worry because you're like a, a handsome guy, so. You're, you're all like turning more into Skeletor every year, though. So <laughs> it's just uh, going to be a skull, um, <laughs> shattering skull. Five more years. All right. So what? Okay. What, how about how about your? Um, I mean, what got you into the fine art world? Did you start in the fine art world, or were you doing illustration? Because I met you. You were like more of in the fine art realm, and then you kind of seemed. It seemed to me watching from my vantage point that you kind of transitioned into doing just tons of gig posters for bands. Like that seems like that's your main thing now. Yeah, that's sort of my main jam. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm working to transition past that into something different, but, mm-hmm. um, I've kind of never had one foot all the way in one genre, but yeah, I, I, I sort of realized I took, maybe it isn't, I've always thought of it as the, as the, counterintuitive road a lot of a lot of people i know were went commercial mm-hmm. and then they went to fine art um right. or they went into fine art and stayed in fine art but i sort of started in fine art and went into um commercial but um i mean before that when we were in new york i was at an ad agency so i was doing design and production so my, my background's always been design right but, what kind of stuff were you doing there like what does that entail I mean, that was almost mostly production. Like I was, I've always said I'm, I'm not a designer. I'm not a very good designer. <laughs> yeah, um, right. I, I managed an art department. I, or I mean, I was, I was the production manager. So I handled, I was way more comfortable with the production aspects, keeping my, you know, my designers with all their files in tow, working with vendors, working with. Oh, so you're like, you're, you're like a manager type guy. I was I was a production manager, so okay. my you know I used to do design. I used to work at a bunch of different print houses. I did I have, my, I have more background in print production than I actually have in design. Oh which wow! I think actually has has come in handy. But oh yeah, I've for never, what you're doing I've for sure. Cons- yeah, like it definitely gave me an advantage when I went into gig posters. But I've never considered myself to this day a strong designer. That's no that's no. Uh, false modesty it's just i know that's not my strong suit but i always know i could make a cool image but um but i i did enjoy uh, the nuts and bolts of the actual production so you know i mean my first job out of, out of college was the designer and print production guy at a at a print house in tucson and i mean i they they took every single job and so I, and i just had to learn like i came right out of school into this and i had uh-huh. to learn on the job pc mac I had to work in Image Setter. I had to work, learn PostScript. I had to rip films. I did everything but burn screens and run the press. Like I just, you know, I learned how to, you know, some binding technique. Like I just, it was great in retrospect, but it was, it was, it was half design, half production. Interesting. So when I did, I did a few design jobs and logos and stuff here and there, but nothing that I would, you know, 
feel super proud about it. You know, I, it was clear that there were designers who were really skilled at what they did. And there was what I did, which was know how to use software <laughs> uh, and, and have an art degree. But um, so I, I veered into illustration. But and for a while, I was calling myself an illustrator until it really occurred to me that I had not really had pretty much any um, decent commercial success as an illustrator. I was sort of doing design or freelance or, you know, work for hire for production or logo work or, or you know, just just basic stuff um, while I was at the ad agency. And by the time and I was doing, you know, oh, I guess I was doing gallery shows back east. That's true. And I was doing paintings and I was part of an art collective. And so I was doing more of the, I guess what you'd call fine art side. I was right. selling, I guess yeah, I was making paintings and selling directly to collectors and in galleries oh. and also doing production design and a little bit of freelance design. And then by the time we came to California, I said, well, you know what? Let me try to make a full time go at this. Um, and I was also a cartoonist in college. Um, I had a daily strip and so when I moved out here, my first real job that I had on a regular, ironically, a friend said, hey, there's this new freelance website that is freelance work. This is kind of, God, the early 2000s. So it was kind of the beginning of that sort of web online, right. you know, uh, I don't know if it was the 2.0, whatever. But so, I, you know, I, I reached out to them and they were kind of a new site. And I said, you know, and I looked at their job board and one of the first jobs I saw was, hey, we're a new design site and we want to have a, a comic and I was like, oh, well, and so it was actually a job for them. And I said, well, hey, I, you know, I did this strip in college. And and they said, yeah, here. And they paid pretty well. And mm. pretty one strip turned into four or five between all their different affiliate sites. And I was making, God, I think it was making like 150 bucks a strip. Wow. So at the time I had, yeah, which, I mean, nobody get paid for webcomics. So I right. was doing that years on top of side gigs and trying to build uh, and that was pretty much when I started out here and I, uh, I met, met Jensen at Gallery 1988. Mm -hmm. um, and I started to push into the, the gallery side because when we moved out here, I said, hey, this is this is a lot of the work that I've been trying to make or been making but had no reception for in New York. Right, right. Galleries in Chelsea, I would go places there and I shopped around and it was just New York in the in the 2000s. Yeah, it was not New York that I could find. Now is like that. <laughs> you know, it's like New York is considered, you know, it's always been considered one of the art centers of the world, but it mo it's more in like the blue chip realm, I think. Yeah. When it comes to kind of what we do and the whatever you wanted to call it, pop surrealism, dark art, lowbrow, yeah. it's like it's it's LA, you know, is the yeah, world, the I'm center of the world for that stuff right now, right now anyway, you know. And even back then for I, doing pop surrealism and stuff, that's kind of was the home base for it, I think. Yeah, for, sh for sure back then that was my vibe. Now I think it's a little bit more of a mixed bag than then, but I would still definitely say that the West Coast, specifically the like Los Angeles scene, but especially with the web. And, and I've had um, – I had a show at uh, Last Rites um, yeah, in like, New York. Oh, you, you had a show there? Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Um, yeah, they're kind of the – they're look up right here. They're the they're the uh, the stronghold. They're the they're the big dark art presence in in New York. You know. <clears throat> yeah, it was hilarious. I realized that I only got that show after I left New York, um, <laughs> and because I wasn't really I wasn't really it wasn't really on my radar right. either. You know, I didn't think it was good enough. Or um, now I got to look up the show. Um, yeah, what year? It is. What year was that? 
2014. Oh, wow. So, yeah, five five years ago. Yeah. That's oh, yeah, awesome. and then here's the, um, here's the uh, oh, yeah, the 13th Hour group show. I'm, like, looking back at my own website <laughs> to see when I where. I forgot I did this piece. Um, uh, yeah, so I guess five years ago, I really started pushing more. Well, that was when it started picking up. Um, anyway, since right. then, it was just it evolved into pop surrealism gallery shows. 1988 did a lot at the Hive. Um, right, I don't right. leave anyone out. Um, did, did you? Did, were you showing in Cannibal Flower at all? I did go through the Cannibal Flower um, Crucible Juggernaut for a while. Um, that sort of didn't really seem like it was. Um, going to lead anywhere was sort of the was yeah, sort it's, of the it's it's like a get your your foot in the door kind of place. I mean, they kind of launched a lot of. Sorry, my pop screen just screwed up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I got to read. No worries. Um, they're, they're more like an entry level place, I think. And if so, if you are already kind of in with the hive and 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 stuff like that, it's not really necessarily a place for for you, you know. Well, it's funny. Like I realize now. I, I remember when I was I was so naive. Uh, arguably, still now. But uh, I went to 1988, talked to Jensen, and the same day I went and talked to uh, LC at ThinkSpace. Like the same day, like I left 1988 and I went to ThinkSpace. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I maybe maybe they were reversed. But there was like these are two galleries that I did my homework. They seemed like a good fit for what I was doing in my mind at the time. Um, let me check them out. Um, and I think I brought my portfolio. I showed them some stuff. I must've shown them some stuff online and they said, come on by. God, that seems like a lifetime ago. And, um, I think, I think one of the things for ThinkSpace was that they had like a bunch of rules. Like they had a bunch of, you can't show, oh, you're going to show again, 1988. Well, you can't show within this many days, within this many miles of this. Right. Like they, they, I very much was like an exclusive, like us. And no one else, sort of thing. That's why I stuck uh, with uh, I, with uh, uh, Copro the, all these years, is because they never put anything, any kind of uh, limitations on where I could show or what I could do. You know, I don't. Yeah, like, so, I don't like that. I don't like that. They, well, if if you're I, gonna, I didn't either. <laughs> the only way you should be able to do that is if you're getting a lot of fucking money to where you don't have to go show at other places. If they give, if they're giving you a lot of money, then they have the right to have you be exclusive. That's the way I see it. Well, and I, I think I, I think I thought the same. I mean, obviously if, if there was going to be two sides there, I did do the cannibal flower. Um, you know, I would show in group shows and I finally got a solo there. And I think, um, sort of the way it went down didn't necessarily, it didn't work out. It didn't work out that that was a road I wanted to keep going down. And I remember specifically thinking at the time, well, you know, I, I'm, I don't know that I want to do a thing that is going to be um, us or nobody else, especially. Yeah, I was like with the same idea. If, if it's going to be a guaranteed sort of, you right. know, here's here's how much you're going to make. Here's, and I thought about this stuff, but I was also entry. Right. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I, I think the idea of of someone saying, you know, here's what you can and can't do with your work. And I understand their perspective, but it just wasn't yeah, yeah. my cup of tea. Right. Um, and it's funny you said Copro because I know that was on my radar, but, um, I think I, I think I just was, was, uh, was weirdly intimidated to go after Copro, which after reading Gary <laughs> now, seems super dumb. I know. But, <laughs> Gary's um, so laid back. Like, I mean, in, in a complimentary way, like he's, he's very warm and he's very, uh, I really just knew the name and online and you know right. what they were showing. And I think it was, I think it was, uh. 
I think it was more intimidating. And I, I was like, oh, I got to work my way up to that. Um, it's like anything. Now though, I'm once you, that I waited so long. Yeah. It's like anything though. Once you, it's like working on movies or whatever, you're all intimidated to work with Julie Roberts or something. And, sure. and it's, and then you do it and you're like, ah, eh, they're just a, you know, just people. It's just, and nobody really knows what they're doing kind of everywhere. You know, everyone's always, everyone's I, kind of faking it, sort of, I think. I say sure as if I understand and, and totally know where you're coming from because you have that background, <laughs> but I absolutely would be, you know, awkward and starstruck and, you know. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> well, it, it happens, it happens at first and then you realize these are just all people, you know, Everyone, they're just working. It's just their job. You know, they're not really special or I mean, not any more than any of us. You know, sure. <clears throat> but sometimes you got to experience it to really get that through your head. Um, yeah, I've had a few moments, especially in the LA area, where there was some like I can't believe I'm interacting with this person, this gallery, or this director, or who, whatever, and you know, shaking hands and getting a photo and having a drink with afterwards here and there, and it's like, oh, right, like they're this is their Friday, Saturday night, right. and an art of, and well, they're just having a good time too. You're working with all these big bands so i mean that's got to be kind of similar right i mean i'm not really i'm not really hanging out with the band but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but still a few times i have but um <clears throat> i felt bad i uh <laughs> oh i don't i don't get myself in trouble i uh <laughs> i i did a poster for mastodon and i got to go meet him afterwards and oh, cool. um my buddy who is who is um i was i was a big fan but he was like a mega fan right and he was he just like just happy to be there but he was very quiet uh a little more shy about those sorts of things than me um and i got to meet him and 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 we were talking about posters and we're sort of talking about you know that you know sort of the the mentality behind him and and you know some of the business about it and afterwards i was like did i did i lecture them about about posters he's like no you were fine (laughs) talking business is fine i was like oh my god like but we were just we were just like it was funny how quickly it went from Oh my god! I'm talking to Macedon to talking shop right. about you know how the poster do and yep. how's the run and how's the tour going and it's like oh these are just regular guys I mean yep. they're not but like they totally <laughs> were so. yeah um, but that was only only a few times I've kind of hung out like in person um, but yeah it was surprisingly pretty quickly pretty chill so how did you uh, end up getting into the gig poster thing how did that how did that start because you're you're uh, you're stuff's amazing and you've done so many bands i can't even believe it it's crazy thanks man your stuff's um, unbelievable I, i'm just looking at your website right now it's like fuck <laughs> i don't even know how you do this stuff it's crazy uh, well, i will say the thing that is so 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 appealing about it is that um i absolutely get to do pretty much whatever i want to do that's amazing uh, man for a band and that's that's like I mean, the bands are the bands are obviously a blast, and and teenage me is is always like pinching himself that he gets involved with this. Adult me is like, yeah, it's still a job. Right. <laughs> sort of like earlier point, but um, but it is still amazing. But but the the biggest thing that's so amazing is that I can. I mean, I've I'm knocking wood, but like I've I've never been shut down on an idea. Like I'm like, here's what I want to do, and I keep. I keep waiting for the the shoe to drop where they're just like, nope. Right. <laughs> uh, and there have been a few times where they're like, okay, you know, there was once where it was, um, I, I sent a pitch and he's like, we like it, but like, just make sure it's not too similar to this other poster that we had a few months ago or, or you know, last year, I think it was by Monk One. Excuse me. 
and he uh he sent me the photo and it was like it was like weirdly uncannily similar like it oh, was really it was like i didn't trust i i could swear i never saw it but it was just <laughs> one of those things where i was like did i see this because right. this is the same image um but uh, it's just was one of those weird things he's like i was like no you're totally right like i can't do this this right. is too similar but to answer your question of how um social media i think is the biggest thing uh i have to give props to zombie yeti uh jeremy packer who i became buddies with uh on instagram and uh we were sort of just you know there's a lot of artists i just chat with you know mm. we talk hey that's i love that poster and i you know we're talking he's like hey i like your work i'm like hey i like your work and we just kind of became online buds i think i saw him at comic-con a few years um he was buddies with another friend of mine jesse hernandez and they were like oh you guys know each other so it's just you know small circles you know right, how that goes. yeah and he was like hey do you want to you want to do a gig poster you have any interest and i was like absolutely and he's like okay um and he sort of forwarded me who was handling um all of the primus posters and oh, wow. sort of has his hands in a lot of other ween and a bunch of other i mean he's been doing it for years he's a legend um and we were sort of buddies lurking on each other's work on instagram uh-huh. and uh he reached out and was like hey um i like your stuff like you know you have any interest in this and i was like you know absolutely and I have to give him like 200% of the credit because that guy like was generous with his time, with his attention, with his information hmm. and was like, this is how you want to do it. Here's how you kind of want to charge. And I just asked him a million questions. That's great, like, man. And, and I was like, you don't have to, this is always my thing on social media. It's like, Hey, I'm curious, you know, you're, I don't want to say fellow professional cause I'm punching above my weight with these guys, but like, you know, you respect what I do. I respect what you do. Um, I absolutely understand if you don't want to share information, but if you do, I'm curious. I have some questions, and I'm I'm an open book right back at you. Anything anyone right. wants to know, because um, we're all working in this profession, and I think you know, rising tide lifts all boats. Absolutely. Um, so, but he and I was like, so you know, here are my questions, but you know, obviously, you know, share what you're comfortable with. But he just he just was he basically mentored me into hmm. gig posts. Amazing. Um, and, and, yeah. It's a so lucky that, lucky break, man. It really was. It absolutely was. I, I cannot take credit for that success of the gig poster entry. Right. Um, but it's know, what what you did with it though. I mean, you took it and did it right, obviously. You know, you didn't waste that opportunity. So you gotta give yourself some credit there. Uh, I mean, I I did the work of right. making the thing, but uh there's so many artists out there that are work their asses off and do amazing work but you know it's trying to get in the door or have their and you know i try to make you know build bridges and, and build relationships and you know he liked what i was doing and i was chatting about what i was doing and so you know we could we could have mutual respect but uh and then i also once i got the gig was like well i want to come out with an absolute blast i want to you know i want to come out on fire and see what that leads to if right. i'm going to do this I go all out and then you know sort of the rest is history yeah yeah, you're you're like the you're, you're I mean, you're I'm not really um, keyed into the whole gig poster scene, but you're like one of the top gig poster people, right? I know, I know you're. He's cringing as I say this, but I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just on a, I'm on not a, top anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It seems like I see your 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 gig posters more than anybody else's, but you know, 
it seems like you do a lot of them too. I mean, a lot. I think it's because I don't say no. No, uh, <laughs> I I usually bite off more than I can chew. Yeah, and I uh, I'm constantly. It's a it's a running trend that I I, I take on too much. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and then I the have club, to get it man. done. You know how that goes. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how to answer that. Thank you. I, <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I mean, I talk with, I talk with Z with Zoltan about this all the time and, uh, or we, he, I will say how, um, you know, is it all going to come crashing down? You know, am I, is this, is the bottom going to drop out or is this one going to be the last one? The classic artist stuff, you know, right. like, is the well going to run dry? Um, like, where's it going to go? And he's like, you know, you've built this thing for yourself and, you know, you, you can start negotiating for more and you can start pushing for more. And like, you know, you, you dictate your terms. And, um, I, I sort of, and my, the, my thing I always try to say is, is I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the last guy. I don't want to be the bottom guy. Right. I don't want to be the worst. You know, I don't want right. to have, if it's a group show, if it's a gig poster, I don't want to be the worst one. That's right. all. And if I'm going to do it, and this is maybe, and this is a conscious choice, and maybe this is where, you know, what is that thing online of like what success looks like versus what it actually is? Right. People, it just shows like an arrow pointing up, but what it actually is is like this. Yeah, squiggly. (laughs) Squiggly, and then it sort of veers up. Um, You know, going through the fine art world, going through the the print world, going through the, the gallery world. I made every, I make every gig poster in my mind as if it was uh, an art print. Right. So, you know, a lot of people i talked to said, you know, there's no money in gig posters. How are you doing this? And, you know, I did this for years and there was no market. And I just was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make every poster be like I would do a fine art print. Right. So it's going to be, it's going to intentionally be not above and beyond, but the best print I can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super high I mean, quality. I mean, if I had to put it hourly for how much I make versus how many hours I put in, I, <laughs> I'm not sure there, I'm not sure my hourly uh, wage is is very high. For, right. You know, they take a time, but I love doing them, so. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's fun. I don't know. Yeah, they're so amazing. They're so amazing. So you're doing this in, in, in Photoshop? Like, do you have like a... a a secret technique or, or, or is, <laughs> are you just, you know, what's your, what's your process? Are you cool talking about that? Cause like I said, I'll I can't, I can't figure out how you're doing this. It's, it's, okay. I've always thought that about so, your stuff. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Like I'll all your, you, your, your gig poster stuff. Whatever you want, man. I'll send you my <laughs> files. I'm happy to share. Um, so I guess it sort of depends on which one you're looking at. Um, my thing is that um, chalk it up to ADHD, chalk it up to attention span, but I get bored pretty quick. I have a very, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, I want to, you know, do programming, you want to do animation, right. you want to do music, you want to do sculpture. Like I, I get distracted and bored and I get, I get restless. Mm-hmm. So I'm having to scroll through my own posters to see what to talk about because I don't know what I've done. Well, I, I, w- um, I was looking at these Dave Matthews band posters okay. which are crazy and the 311 ones amazing i mean the ones on the f- first page i'm just like how the so hell this is one was doing this this <laughs> one was me trying to push more of a uh, a narrative mm-hmm. you know, and also also trying to change up a lot of my uh my layouts i realized a lot of my layouts are very similar i kind of feel like maybe i'm getting into a rut so i had this uh like most of my ideas i have a, a my uh 
my father-in-law gave me a gift one year, the best gift I ever got, because I told him, maybe you're like me, the best ideas I ever have are in the shower. Mm-hmm. So he found he found these waterproof sketch pads that actually what? you stick. Yep. I will send you the link. Okay. <laughs> it's a game changer. All Basically, right. it's a it's waterproof paper, which is almost like Yupo. It's like a plasticky paper uh-huh. with a pencil and it's a suction cups and they just stick to the wall of your shower. And I have wow. like 10 of those. So this is one of many, um, and they're on these little, like the post-it size. And this is one of many ideas that come in the shower. And then, because, you know, I'm just, I don't want to lose it. So I throw it down. Right. Um, and then basically you start laying it out with pencil. You start moving stuff around. Um, a lot of it is just scan. Like I, I'm analog a lot. Like I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll do a pencil drawing. I'll maybe start to ink it a little bit and then I'll scan it in, move some stuff around in Photoshop, print it back out right onto copy paper, um, mess with it further, um, scan it in, move stuff around. Wow. Um, and yeah. And then by that point I will usually drop it into like procreate on the iPad. It's kind of my main thing. Are you serious for this one? Uh, yeah. Other ones I'll just work right in just do it all digitally other ones i'll actually do with ink on paper so none, other of, ones none, are, of, none of this is illustrator you're not using illustrator no, no, no. no none amazing. of it's vector yeah it's all it's all on the uh, on the ipad so it's i mean it's yeah it's it's all hand it's all drawn rest. you know yeah, yeah. amazing yeah. well one well, so again going full circle my years doing production work and working in print houses and doing separations and doing screen print the other thing people don't necessarily realize, and maybe most of the gig poster artists do it now, but from what I've heard, some don't, is I, I set these files up as I'm working in the separated layers. So a lot of people oh, really? just make it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm drawing each layer individually just because that's how it's going to end up. So I just do it from the beginning. So I'm drawing. That's even crazier. <laughs> well, I've, I've been told that. <laughs> it's just for me, it's easier. So I'll have like what you would call, I guess, the ink layer, which a lot of times is your is your key line, is your black layer, right? right. Your trap layer. Uh-huh. I have found that in the past when I've done that, this is, I don't know, this is, people want to hear this is super yeah, boring. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, so, I love so it. I love it. So. <laughs> I, I love it. I just don't know how interesting <laughs> people it is are into other it. people. People don't are do into it. it. Yeah, no, people are interested, I think. So if you make an ink drawing, or so if I make an ink drawing and I go crazy and I render the hell out of it, and I scan that in. Mm-hmm. Usually my work, because I get I tend to overwork and I just get too many lines and it just turns into mud. If that's my black layer, it doesn't matter how many colors I do, it turns it just turns into mud. Like it right. just turns into it's just too dark. So what I used to do is sort of subtract digitally um, and pull out all of that. But by then I'm I'm sort of recreating it anyway. So what I've done is that dark layer now is my second to most dark layer it's like my mid-tone layer because mm. i go well if i have all this rendering that's just going to be my main rendering and then so i have this middle ground and then i can add my black key line on top of that to, mm. to pop the darks and then i can add another layer underneath that uh, and these all build transparently like think of watercolor right so i'll build another layer underneath that of 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 either you know, more of almost a solid flood of like a lighter. And think of this as like a transparent black, maybe like a 30%, maybe a 60%. And then the key line black is, is say a hundred percent. Lately, I don't use black anymore. I use like dark browns and other rich dark colors. Mm -hmm. And so those top three inks 
round out the you know just the just the composition that's just my that's just my lights and darks right, right. um and that's my main image and again i don't do it all at once and then color i kind of go back and forth within those within those three i might take the areas that need to be a certain set of tones and slice out of those set of three darks and go okay this is a set of three warm darks oh, this is a set of interesting this, and then I'm going to mask, and now these are cool areas. And then on top of that, you know, I'll have a couple different versions of that, or maybe I'll made, make a mid-layer that just works for all of them. On top of that, then I'll start actually layering in color, and then I'll just move a bunch of stuff back and forth and slide, and it's kind of, it's not secret, it's just like a weird alchemy that it's just kind of random every time. I'll, I'll sort of go, okay, I don't need to have this color separate from this color i can use this same mid-tone for both warm and cool right. so I'll in there but maybe this dark um is you know a blue and this dark is a you know like a maroon or like right. a warm like a dark orange and then you know i'll build up other colors in the background um and that's and that's sort of but that's sort of just that version for that poster right I right have a totally i have a totally different style for say like the nine inch nails poster or the metallica posters that's a completely different way of doing it, which is my earlier point of like, I'll also get bored and go, well, how can I totally right. do this in a way that either has never been done or that almost <clears throat> breaks screen printing? Like, how do I, how do I, <laughs> how do I tear this apart and rebuild it back up again? Yeah. I boredom. So I, I really, uh, would love to see, see you show me on a computer. I would love to see just how you're doing this. I mean, I, I get it. It just it sounds insane to me. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal right here on the air. All right. You help answer some of my questions and show me and teach me some stuff about casting and working in mold making and latex. I will, I will, I mean, I would share it with you anyway, but like I'll, I'll, I'll trade you. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Incredible. What you do is incredible. And I'm looking at your feed and your, you know, stuff I can find on how you do what you do. And I'm looking up tutorials and all that. And I know it's experience and years of practice, but um, that's what I want to learn. You know, I'm, I'm happy to share that stuff. Oh, well, cool. Well, we can, yeah. we can teach each other. Let's do it. Let's do it. Are you on Patreon? I am, you know, I actually have a Patreon account. I subscribed cause I was going to start a Patreon. You, you w would do six years ago. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. I, you'd be making I said so much money now if you had started six years ago. No, telling you. I would have started <laughs> And then I would have done like a little bit and then I would have got distracted and never would have done it again. Right. <laughs> well, I just have to say because of the, um, the, the medium you're using, the whole digital layered files, you could really do really well on there. If you, if you were willing to put the time in and, and, and I mean, you don't even have to do post as much as I do. I post, I, I'm trying to put funnel all my energies into the Patreon mm -hmm. so that can be my main source of income. So I'm posting a lot, but some people do like once a week, but you know, I know people on here that, that they offer as one as rewards, they offer like a layered file, a digital layered file that you can download and, and, you know, just so, especially with your unique uh, working way of working and, and the body of work you have, I think you do really well on here. So I, I thought about that, and again, as social media is evolving, 
and things are less organic than they used to be. I'm seeing it sort of trend into Patreon and sort of a subscription service sort of thing. So I think it's eventually going to have to go that road. Yeah. Um, for now, for me, it's it's one more. Um, yeah, one more thing to deal uh, with. <laughs> right. You know, it was going to be YouTube for a while. Then it right. was going to be um, time lapses. And then it was going to be, you know, Masterclass. Or if it was going to be Skillshare. And then it was going to be Patreon. Right, um, right. And it's it, not that it's it. not doable. It's um, I have this job where I make these gig posters and they take a lot. of time. <laughs> um, I mean, I've been a ghost on social media for the last year. I know. I, I know. Yeah, I'm I kind of can't keep up with life now, but it's on the list. You have a Patreon. I got to get on there. I got to start subscribing. Uh, you'll I, I think I just, you know, we'll talk about it aside from absolutely. the podcast yeah, I because I, I think you, you do really well. I sometimes I think like. I wish I was well. That's not true, but sometimes I feel like I wish I uh, had more time to manage other artists. Like because it's like I know how to do. I, I I would know how to do an amazing like manage an amazing Patreon for you and other artists. I know just because of the what they're doing, just having done it for a while. And um, but that's a you service know. you could offer. Like, that's that's I, people I, do that. I know, I know, but I got no time. I can barely manage myself. It's <laughs> just not. It's, to it's not going to happen. <laughs> I work. I'm sure you work seven days a week, right? Pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a. I'm a. You know. Oh no, it's Saturday, and you know, hooray, it's Monday. You know, I. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have one night off a week where I play D and D at a bar. Oh and, cool. Uh, rest the rest of the time, it's just nonstop work. So. Right. Um, no, it's on the list. It's I know. one, of, I one know. of my things right now is to catch up. I have, I have so many deadlines and I'm finally starting to come up. I've had, we talked about this. I have yes. people who have been generous with their, with their deadlines and too generous. And, and I overcommitted and I, I, you know, even this week people are asking if I, you know, Hey, can you do this other project? Right. And I was like, I can't. And not only can't I for this long they're like okay so when you're up can I pencil you in I was like no no because that's my time that I need to manage I mean you're looking at my website my website is so out of date oh like mine it is mine too mine's not even up anymore because I took it down to redo it and then I ran out of time and I just haven't had a chance to do it I'm looking at my bottom slug and it says copyright 2014 to yep. 2017 <laughs> Two years, almost three years out of date. Yeah, mine was. I think mine was up. Mine went up to 2014, and then I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta just start over. And yeah, so oh, I and get, it's tiny. We're in this this web 2.0 uh, post retina 4K screen world, right. and mine's still in this you know 600 pixel wide column <laughs> format. I mean, phones have higher resolution than my site. <laughs> my site does now. So how many uh, projects do you have like going right now? Like how many do you have at a time? I'm just curious. <laughs> so I'm actually, no, I'm actually uh, thinking about the post-it in the shower that has my to-do list on it. <laughs> yes, it's in the shower. Um, right now, I have. I just, I just today called my printer to to pay for a poster that's coming out. Um, I all day, and I'm not working on it right now, but I'm I'm resisting the urge to work while I'm chatting with you, wrapping up um, final trapping for another poster that's coming out a few weeks later. November is going to be busy. I have uh, um, I have a poster for Pangea Seed, uh, Trey Parker for it's a ocean conservation for like coral stuff. Oh, cool! That is like a year behind. I have a project for Sideshow Collectibles that is uh, almost two years behind. We started 
we started in well, I guess we started last year at Comic Con and it's still not done. Because you're, I'm trying you're to making me feel stuff. you're making me feel better about my own life. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's someone else. There's someone else in my situation. I mean, it's a litany of unprofessionalism. Is what it is. <laughs> uh, a lot of it is that there's no deadlines at the time, right? Or there's soft deadlines, or I just you know gigs gig poster deadlines either were already there, and I think I can manage both, or um, you know I, I think I can get them done in time, or it's going to be an amazing gig. Um, there's another gig poster in there. There's another new print for designer con there's designer con exclusives. So yeah, so that's, what's for November. So it's about five or six. Projects. Wow. <laughs> but after that, officially I have one gig poster slated for 2020 already. Um, I, there, there are so many projects that are just personal projects. I, my recent, you know, my recent, uh, addiction, I don't know if you can see it on, you can see it on camera. Um, I bought a bunch of stuff for, um, you know what paper marbling is? Mm, no. So like if you get an old fashioned book and you open up the, like an old book, like in a leather book and you open up the front cover before there's any even, mm-hmm. they're called end papers. They're those crazy colorful pattern yeah. papers. Yeah. They yeah. look psychedelic. Yeah. Well, I've it, seen that. It's paper, it's paper marbling where you, you drip ink onto this alginate, you know, water surface and you stir it around and then you, you know, you dip alumed paper in and so that's on my plate i have all of the gear i amazoned it all it's ready to go <laughs> i have not had time to get into that there's right. also sculpture and video so <laughs> and there's no time for that stuff anymore so um this has been 2020 and should have been this year is the year of like better balance but you know uh, yeah that's that's what i'm hoping for myself as well because i got this book got i gotta it. get done and Oh yeah, I've got like fifteen studies I pre-sold that I have to do. I pre-sold months ago. I just finished. I did a pre-sale for sketches, and I and I just finished those from like three months ago. And then I, it's, I saw this. Is that a new, is that a new set of studies? Yeah, uh, it, it was from July. Classic monster right? No, no, it was from July. What happens is I ha- I keep having to make money, and so it's like oh, I do this. I got I'll do this pre-sale because I need to pay this bill next week. And then it's like, okay, I'll do these. And then a commission comes up and it's like, okay, there's some more money for next month's bill. And then it's like, these get put off to the side. And then it's like, you know, it just keeps going like that. This is what's happened with this, this book I, I kickstarted, you know, it's like three years late. And it's like, I just, I, I'm in this situation where I, I I have to keep earning, you know how it is, you know, Mm -hmm. I have to keep paying the bills. So it's crazy. I think it's just, you know, I, just about every artist I know is in this situation. So I don't think it's that uncommon. I think it just comes with the territory. I I found a few years ago because I was living that and hating it. And, you know, your kids are grown. My right. kid is 10. Um, oh, wow. And I, and I was, yeah, I know. And I was finding that... Um, I was finding that I was, you know, I was searching for some kind of not that <laughs> I was right. looking for a more balanced way to do it. And, you know, as an artist, there's, there's not always an easy way through that. But, um, part of it for me and, and gig posters sort of started to fill that, that, that niche was, um, I only have so many hours. Um, I spent years and years and years, especially when the kid was born going, I need to get 
you know, way more efficient. You know, right. people were like, how do you, how do you, how do you possibly work this fast? How do you, and I, I, and I, I just would use the analogy of like a fire hose versus like a garden hose. Right. And I would, you know, a, a compression is a hell of a drug. So when the kid's <laughs> born and there's not as much time to work as there was before, um, you got to work faster and you right. got to work more efficiently. And so you just got to get it done quicker. So I started, um, I started critically looking at how I do projects and I would say, okay, you know, I, I would find that I would do a piece and I would sort of like reverse mentally time-lapse and go, okay, how much time did I spend on this part? How much time did I spend on this aspect? How much time did I spend on this? And I would look at the whole piece and I would sort of look at it like you would be looking at an x-ray and you kind of look through the piece and then you can say, oh, okay, here's what the final piece looks like. Well, this layer three layers down that was I spent all this time on right you can see maybe 20% of that right layer. yeah that's smart. did I need to did I need to be spending half of this piece on that layer where can I frankly cut corners yeah where absolutely. can I where can I be more efficient where can I trim out you know this this thief of time uh you've only you got a box with 24 slots in it and that's it. And if you want to put another thing in there, 24 hours, you got to take another one out. Right. So I'm not going to get more time. I'm not necessarily going to get more money for no reason. I mean, there's always success in a different way. But how can I make the hours that I spend more efficient? How can I how can I steal time from myself to give myself more time? Right. So therefore, there's less stress or I can make more money. And so part of it was, OK, each thing that you make starts selling more than once. If it's a if it's a gig poster, you make an art print. If it's uh, if it's if it's this gallery piece, make prints. If right. it's This stickers. If it's this, do this. If it's this, do do time lapse or footage or promo or social media that is then content and right. then you build a newsletter which then directs right back into the store so people want to watch more of the content which leads into so it became looking at my time in a way almost like a almost weirdly like a factory even mm. though that sounds very clinical like where can i steal time from here steal time from that because i don't want to steal it from my family i right. already do that too much I've already been stealing it from myself, and that's getting harder to do as I get older. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if there's anything there, but for for me, it was a huge okay. Um, uh, a good a good example for me is a book. You were talking about a book. Mm -hmm. People have been asking me to do a book forever. I've been wanting to do a book. I'm wanting to do a book. I <laughs> my wife worked in publishing, and I worked at a book ad agency, and we just we've had a lot of book history in our lives. She worked at HarperCollins. I worked at a place that just did ads for books for right. all over the country. And I sort of just looked into and saw, you know, the time that it takes, how much you're going to make, the cost. And I was like, this doesn't fit into my... It's not schedule. a... Yeah, it's not a money-making venture, for sure. <laughs> Making I want to do a book. Absolutely. But for, for now, I'm going to... So what I finally realized is I'm going to have to sub-hire someone to help make this book with right. me. Because I cannot do the book. I want to make a book. For me to make a book, that's going to take away time from this stuff. Yep. And how much is it going to take versus how much am I going to make? And is it a labor of love versus could I be doing another two posters? Or right. Could I be, you know? And for me, a lot of it was like commissions too. I was like, I, I, I cannot make money off commissions versus how much I can make off prints. Like right. I just, I can put way more time and energy into a piece to sell multiples or more pieces to sell fewer multiples rather than just one big giant gallery piece. I just never had success as a gallery artist. You have it. You've had solo shows, you've had sales. I never found it. So I was like, well, what, 
if I'm going to spend this much time on a thing, how can I make that the most, for lack of a better word, profitable right. as possible? I want it to be the best piece. But if it's going to take a month and I might make this or I might not or a gallery is going to take this, I was like, I got to find a better way. I got to find a different way. So I, that's sort of – that sort of evolved into pop culture stuff, into licensed work, and then eventually into gig posters. And right now, that seems to have a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know that in the long run, even this is going to be the thing I want to do. I don't know if I'm going to be making art forever. I think I may end up writing or something. But yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you brought this up. Rambling. No, no, no. You're you really you should start your own podcast because you're 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 good. <laughs> no, I'm not. That, that wasn't an insult. That was a compliment. You're really good at speaking. Um, but, I can talk a lot. I don't know how, any, but how much of it is any actually good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, I'm, I, I just, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, so often, especially in the fine art scene with real, you, you, know, you know, artwork means so much to the artists who create it. Like it's part of themselves and, and there's a real deep emotional connection that most of us have to our artwork. And so the topic of money and art is like people don't like to talk about you know the sure. business end of it and i'm i've always tried to be you know i once i realized the only way i'm going to be able to paint for a living which is what i wanted to do i just want i want to paint because i love it so much i want to create art i want to sculpt i want to you know i want to make what i want to make and um i i realized i was going to have to learn how to do the business aspect of art and so once i realized that i was like okay fuck it i'm i'm just going to embrace it and get into it. And so I've always been very, um, you know, speak, I've, I've always spoken about the business aspect as something, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed of. You shouldn't be, a, you know, it's, it's, it's like, if you want to do the thing, you have to do this thing. Like my friend Mitch used to say about sculpting. He was like the detail guy with sculptures. He would, he would do these amazing details, but he was not into it. And he's like, He's like, yeah, it's it's just like doing the dishes. You got to do the dishes. So, you know, <laughs> it's like it's something you have to do even if you don't want to. So you might as well do it well, you know. And just by just denying the the uh, idea that it's a business is really bad, I think, for the artists, especially nowadays, because you have to make money. You have to make a living. It's just the way it is. So, you know, don't be ashamed of, of that. I don't know if you've, you've seen that with, with other artists, but I definitely mm-hmm. have, you know, it's like, I, I, I see so many artists where I'm like, you could be making so much more money if you're, you know, if you were diversified with prints and merchandise and you're just doing one painting and, and that's it. You know, it's like every time, every image you make, you can make, you can, for lack of a better term, you can exploit to do prints and you know you can make efficient you can profit on right. it so you can make more art exactly like, i don't think if i i maybe i need to do a podcast if i this is <laughs> this do. is like the first seven out of ten points that i that i want to talk about and that i talk about with a lot of people and i have deep um thoughts well i have i have deep pockets of thoughts about them whether they're good or not i i have said listen you want to make art you can go in a cave on a mountain and seal yourself up and make art and you can do that and and you can you can live that life now if you want to make art and uh, have things and live in society and, and and make money you have to figure out a way to sell your art right um 
God, this is a whole other four hour podcast. <laughs> but like, I know the I, the idea of selling out is insane. Is is bananas? Right. A long time ago, I was like, wait a minute, I want to make art for a living. I don't want to do art on the side. So the only way that works is the art that I make. I have to figure out how to sell so that I can make more art. Right. Like, that was just that was just basic economics years and years ago. Uh, and a lot of people really get hung up about the purity and they don't want to sell. They don't want to think about it. I'm like, well, that's really cool. And I would say noble, but I want to like eat. Right. And I want to have a family right. and a spouse and a house yeah. and, and, a, and a, a life. I want to have a, I want to have a life where I don't need to have an extravagant life, but I, I won't, I don't want to have to worry about like paying the bills. Right. I have to figure out. So my thoughts are, listen, you want to make art, you can make art. No one's going to stop you. You know, you get people who say, you know, what if I don't want to make art? What if I don't know what to draw? I'm like, I don't think you want to make art. Right. <laughs> people people who make art make art because they are compelled to make art. No one, no, no one is forcing them to make art. They have to make art. They're right. making art like – for the sake of they can't help but make art yeah it's not like going like god i gotta go make art today it's like i'm i, I can't stop making right this. or you know and you have off days but like you have this stick at the back of your head that says you got to go make or you're gonna get into a messed up place yep. this is your release this is your dopamine your serotonin this is all your good your good feelings so if that's gonna be the case and you're gonna have to make this art anyway then and you want to make art and you want to have a life then your job is actually entrepreneur yeah, you absolutely. are an entrepreneur who happens to be an artist. Yep. You are not an artist who is selling their work. You're a business person who sells the thing that you're compelled to make. Yep. And people people have this weird dichotomy split of like, I want to be an artist, but I don't want to handle the money. I don't want to think about money. I want it to be pure. I'm like, well, that's really cool. Enjoy being poor. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to make art and continue to be able to make art, and this is just my opinion, full disclaimer, you need to figure out how to sell your art. You need to watch the market. You need to figure out how to promote it. If that's social media, if that's reproduction, if that's prints, if that's multiples, if that's galleries, if that's buyers, you got to cultivate relationships. You got to yep. build bridges. This is your job. The making art part almost is almost irrelevant because you're going to do it. And in yeah, fact, right. talking about making art, because I'd love to have a podcast where I talked about both making art and talking about art. Actually, I could just do one where we talk about the concepts behind art, the making of the art, and then the business. But they're three totally different things. Right. But if you want to have a not even a lifestyle. You want to have a life in, yep. in a developed world and you want to stuff costs money. You have to figure out how to sell and market your work. It isn't, it is no longer the job of someone else to do it for you. That is an option, but it's an increasingly, in my opinion, scarce option to be able to go. I just want to make art and someone else will handle the rest. I mean, that would be amazing. Who wouldn't want that? You know, Oh, I'd love that. Uh, yeah. I would absolutely that, but it's I, just I've never seen it work in in our in our scene at the at the you know the level that we're at. That might be it's a different story with maybe blue chip galleries or sure. whatever. But, but again, those are like the top the one percenters right. of that world that have also made it there either through luck, through being discovered, or knowing through, someone, <laughs> or knowing someone, or frankly, hard work and grind, right. which is the same thing what we're talking about. But to just have it's like it's like lotto. Uh, people where they're like, well, I'm just my, my, pl my fallback plan is the lotto. Right. Like, well, <laughs> that's not really a plan. That's a hope. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, someone's going to sell it for me. 
that's a hope that that will just happen. But in the meanwhile, you gotta pay the bills. Yep. And frankly, I think even if it's a weird metaphor, because even if you want to go to that blue chip, someone's gonna handle it for you. Excuse me. You're gonna want to have a business mindset, awareness, how to read a contract. Right legal agent you want to have agency you're going to want to know that when someone's going to say i'm going to pay you this much for your work you're not like mm. like you're going to have to know right that's a good price this is what my work is worth this is what my time is worth it, that way to me that way you own your art right you can make your art and just leave it for someone else to deal with but if you want to own your art you have to figure out how to sell your art. Right. You can absolutely get an uh, an agent. You can absolutely work with a gallery. You can absolutely do that. But with the tools that we have at our fingertips, um, for 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 ages, the artists didn't have the agency to get their art into the hands of buyers. They they worked in their studio. They didn't have access to the people who had money. They 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 did the art part, and there was just there were just all of these barriers, either real or figurative or imaginary or just literal of of gallery. There was a separation, so it was really hard, not impossible, for the artist to directly work with the buyer on any kind of regular, tenable basis. Right, right? So the gallery scene, all this stuff. I don't want to get into the history of it. As technology has evolved as the world has evolved the artist now has way more agency to the point where patreon is a perfect example right it's a one-to-one relationship like now and i think this is the big key of social media and patreon now the buyer where before they were separate from the work and they had they had to have their own vector to get to the work now they can be involved in making the work they, right. they can see the sketch they can maybe donate or purchase or be a patron or whatever and help maybe influence the direction it goes or or talk right. to this or get the insight from the artist and i've always thought the power in that is I, now they're involved with the making of the yeah work. it's so cool too i mean that that aspect of it is so amazing i think people take it for granted like i think of my favorite artists that i grew up with like uh frazetta or giger or bekshinsky sure. imagine yeah. being able to subscribe to their Patreon. Like my, my mind is exploding right and now. watching them posting time-lapse videos and sketches and offering to sell you the studies and the sketches. And it's like, it would be, it would just be incredible. It'd be incredible. So I, and it's never been this way. I don't think it's ever been this way in the history of the world that, you know, when you want, want to have your mind blown in advance, this is where we are right now on the cusp of this technology becoming manifest in a real way for the first time. In 20 years, you're going to just probably pay for, you know, real estate in a chip in the artist's head. So you just get a live feed through their eyes. Right. Maybe there's <laughs> that would be tactile <laughs> thing. And you're actually feeling what they're feeling. You're going to be able to, you know, you know, neurologically experience them creating the work for $20 a month or right. whatever it is. And you <laughs> just jack into any number of this musician, this artist, this right. director, this writer. And you get to like, you get to be in their brains. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like I don't think of myself in those artists obviously terms and my wife has to remind me because you know it's hard like on social media to have people be like oh my god oh my god you know or can you tell me and you know people are like I'm writing a paper about you and I was like mm -hmm. you should pick a different subject because you're <laughs> not going to do well school. and she has to say like you know you exist now in a time in your life where you are some of those younger artists, like when I was a kid, right. and the people I looked up to. 
that's hard to, and you probably haven't seen that. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I can't, yeah, I can't, uh, it's hard to accept, but. And I'm not comparing myself. Yeah. 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 For the record, I'm not, but the idea that what I do would have value and merit to watch the creation or be behind the scenes of what I do. It took me a long time to accept that. Like my wife was really going like, it's not magic to you. Cause you just do it. Right. And with other artists I talk with, it's like, we don't talk about like, where do you get your ideas? We just, we just do this stuff. And we right. talk about like the business. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but for the people who want to actually be involved and I can see that. Cause as you're saying that, I'm like, Oh my God, that would be incredible. Right. Um, that has merit and that has value. You know, we live in a time now where you can offer that. And for, you know, a low, low subscription fee per month. You yeah. too. You know, <laughs> But no, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's unprecedented access. And it's, it's exciting too. It's just, it's, a, it's, it's, it's the best, really is, I think the best time ever to be an artist. I, re- I really think that as far as being a self-possessed artist to where you can direct your own career and you can figure out how you want your career, how to market yourself. It's just, you have to get into that mindset of what is marketing you know mm-hmm. what? What is promotion? Um, how, what's what's it's not the enemy? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Em, embrace it because embrace it, or just don't do it. You know, and and be a weekend painter, which is totally cool. You know, some people do it for a hobby, and and it's cool. Totally you know? fine. It's totally fine. But but if you're gonna make a full time go at it, you have to somehow uh, make peace with with the with that aspect of the work because it really is a business and it's you know it's not been it's not something i ever wanted to do ever and until i started doing it and i'm like okay i get it there is a creativity to it there's a kind of a creativity to marketing presenting sure. things branding yourself in a certain way that it's it, it's fun when the resources and time is there um i, I if i had time and money to really do like a major marketing campaign for my work. I would love it. I would love it. It would be fun because you could, you know, you could have fun with it. But um, the the flip side of having that uh, freedom to do it the way you want is that you kind of have to do it all yourself. (laughs) So that's the, that's the flip side is that, you know, trying to separate the two and make time for the art and make time for the business. But you know, I, I read an, an art when I first started and realized I was going to have to learn this. I read this book called Art Marketing 101. Just this, oh, the cover's so ugly for an art <laughs> book. It's like the worst cover ever on a on an art book. But um, uh, it said the one of the things that stuck with me right off the bat was take half the time you're creating art and spend that time on marketing yourself. And that's the reality of it, folks. You know, you just you got to deal with that fact. You know, well, I mean, it it becomes again, it becomes again at the end of the day, full disclaimer, it is like doing the dishes. It can be fun, but at the end of the day, it's just work. Right. But it can absolutely be. I like to I play a lot of video games. So for me, it's gamification of everything, you right. know, which is which is another way of just saying leveraging curiosity towards your own end. So if you're like, how can I market right. myself? How can I get? And if and if again, look at what your bottlenecks are. You're like, OK, I, I need to work this hard for a painting to sell to this narrow number of eyes that are going to see it, buy it, hang it on the wall. And then I got to start over. Well, right. 
even if I made prints, I could maybe sell this many. It's like, okay, so I, I spend a lot of time going, okay, like, what are the actual bottlenecks? Well, one of the things is there's not enough eyes. If there were more eyes, if there was more demand, if there were more, if there was a bigger market share, I could up the supply. Right. And then I could just do one piece and sell twice as many. Um, and you start to go creatively, like where, you know, am I not getting in front of the right people? Am I not getting in front of enough people for, for the longest time? My Joe, my wife, crazy. I was like, I'm not selling. I'm not doing very good this year. I'm not selling a lot of prints. I got to make a whole new body of work. The work that I have is bad. <laughs> the work that I have is not not good enough. And I don't know if you ever went through this, but it was every year, every six months was like, ugh, everything I've ever done is garbage. Right. I would see like other artists and be like, everything I have is terrible. <laughs> I got I got to scrap it all. And my wife's like, oh my god, like that's another <laughs> year or so of all new work. And and I just I had a. I had a cognitive dissonance to the idea that, you know, there is a market for your work at any stage that you're at. And this is what I believe. Right. Yeah. That's a fact, man. That's a great point. But you have to find, you know, if you, if you have a, if you have a priceless diamond, um, you know, a, a crown made of amazing jewels and you bury it in a hole in the backyard, nobody knows about it. It's still valuable in the ground. It's just, nobody knows about right. it. If you have a, me knock off okay decent crown in front of five million people well you get half a percent of people interested in buying it for a tenth the price of that crown you're still going to make way more than you ever would have just right. through volume numbers so don't don't denigrate the work because not enough eyes are on it shift your focus to now get more eyes on it and right. maybe that means more marketing maybe that means more promotion or getting in front of people, conventions, you know, whatever that is. But it's too easy to just go, the work's not good enough, or I want to sell my first painting for this many dollars, or, right. you know. It's, <laughs> y y that is a part of the creative job, is to figure out how to sell the work. Yeah, absolutely. That's what Gabe Gabe. Do you know Gabe Leonard? Yeah. Yeah, he... Uh, he yes, I always get Gabe Leonard and Gabe... Larson confused. Let me look him up because I'm gonna yeah, get in trouble. You, I know you know his stuff. He's he shows in in San Diego. Yeah, he's in distinction. Yeah, yeah, he shows a distinction all the time. Yeah, his work's great. Yeah, he's great. He's also a great businessman. He's the one who got me into prints, or he got me into doing canvas sheet clays. Actually, Cam DeLeon kind of got me uh, started on prints. Um, but he he he. That's what he says when people ask him. You know, how do I get my art in front of people, or how do I sell my art? What do I do to be an artist? And he's like. Get get your art in front of eyes. Basically, he started mm -hmm. with nothing, and he tells the story. He was on the podcast. He tells the story. Tells the story how he went down to Venice on the boardwalk and had these copies from Kinko's set out on a like a blanket. That's how he started, and he was just selling mm -hmm. to people for like ten bucks or twenty bucks, and it's like just people walking by, and it just grew from there. And now he's like, you know, he's pretty successful. So. You know, that, that's one way of doing it. He just fucking did it, <laughs> you know? I think one of the things that I, I have found frustrating is that, um, I don't know about you, but I will have a fair number of, of people reach out and say, hey, I'm new. Hey, I'm right out of school. Hey, I love what you do. Hey, I just started. Uh, tell me how to do it. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what are the steps? How do I successfully sell? How do I, what, you know, what galleries do I approach? You know, what this, what that, what are the methods? How do I do it? What material should I use? What, you know, what site should I have? What's the, and 
I think the thing for me that's frustrating is that um, like there's a, like there's an answer, like there's a formula. And I, I tell him what I believe, which is I don't actually I don't actually know. And if there's a formula, I don't know it. Right. What I have is my formula. What exactly. I have is what I figured out. It's different and, for every artist. That's I, I talk about this a lot. It's like every artist has their own path to success. And every artist I talk, I talk to a ton of artists on here. Obviously, sure. you know, I'm interviewing them once a week and everybody has a different story of, of how they've made it. It's such a trip. I think I think the thing for me that's that's curious is that they all have a completely different story. But at the same time, they all have the exact same story, right. which is the same, which, which is the same story of, uh, hey, hey, Chet, Chet, uh, let me ask you a question. Um, I love your paintings. Um, what brushes do you use? <laughs> I want to paint like you. Yeah. The, the, answer, the answer is the answer is it doesn't matter what your materials are, what pens you use, what brushes you use, what canvas, what paints, or what method you use to sell your art. And, and and this is what I tell people, and this is what I believe, and I think it's it applies the same way. You use the ones that are the right ones. And, well, how do you know the right ones? You only know the right ones because you used all the wrong ones. Right. And what's left are the right ones. So you try a ballpoint pen and, and you know, notebook paper out of your trapper keeper. And then that worked for a while, but you know what? <laughs> it would tear and it would smudge. Yeah. So all right, let me try like a, a pilot fine liner. Well, that's pretty cool. I don't like these lines though. Let me try some copy paper. Well, you know, I like it, but if I want to, you know, go a little deeper, it starts, I want to erase. It doesn't work very well. So I try some slightly better paper. Well, now I want to add paint. Well, now I need a thicker paper. Well, now I want a different waterproof ink and so on. Right. And you evolve and you discover your materials right so so just pivot that to go how do i sell my work and i'm always like well what have you tried already exactly i I haven't tried anything yet like well like i i couldn't even if i gave you the answer you wouldn't know if it was the right answer for you um and there is no right answer you need to discover your own right answer absolutely if it it means selling prints from kinko's on on a mat in venice if it's if it's who knows what? Right. You need to try all of the ways that don't work. You need to fail a bunch. Right. And you need to build up a repertoire of what doesn't work. And then what's left is a is a narrower and narrower and narrower list of what does work or what you haven't tried yet. Right. And then, you know, reassess, adjust, go on, adapt. You know, what worked this year isn't working this year. Why? Let me look. Where are the bottlenecks? What's not happening? This worked before, but it's not now. Why? You know, right. what? what is this person doing that is working really well? Rather than just DMing them, let me lurk. Let me look at what they're showing. Let me show what they're saying. Let me see what they're doing. Where are they showing? How are they selling? You know what? Let me buy a print from them. Right. I buy a print from them and see how it comes from their exactly. store. Exactly. Act this way. Like that's a ton of information. Right. I don't just go, hey, hey, how do you do that? <laughs> so, so the same thing that you determine how to make your art, the same thing you determine how to make your materials, the same thing you determine how to sell your art is be curious. Yeah. Like, I'm going on a tear. But no, like, no, that's it's, it's such a great you gotta point. You got to discover it. Yeah, yeah. You got to discover the answer, and but yeah. you got to go after it. You got to be curious. Yeah, yeah. How Absolutely. do I know paint? You figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> I think basically you try something and then it doesn't work, and you get bored. Then you evolve into something else, and that's what you want to paint. But you know how you got there? You tried drawing something. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and and well, the, the, here's the thing with that that people don't like about that is that that takes time. It takes a lot of time sure. and work. 
It's not something you can just do. It's not a formula. If I just follow these things, it's going to happen for me. It's like it's a like you said, it's a trial and error. I've done so many uh I've tried so many different things that have failed as far as selling my artwork stuff. I thought, "Oh, for sure this is going to do well." Nothing. And then I've done things uh I started doing these studies which have become kind of like my my lifeboat when I when I really need to make some money, I could do these studies cuz they're originals. But they're yeah they're five, five they're, by seven oils. small yeah yeah they're small enough to where people have room for them they're cheap enough to where they're affordable for most people or a lot of people and I can do them kind of quickly so it 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 checks all the boxes for me but the the way that I um I I think the way I start oh no I'm getting it confused with the sketches. Now I'm getting. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting the story confused with the sketches. The studies I started doing because I needed to do studies for my paintings because I was painting myself literally into a corner, or you know, like I wasn't planning everything out, and so I was like, I gotta force myself to do studies. So I started doing them. I'm like, hey, I could sell these too. But the 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 story I was getting confused with was these sketches. Um, one weekend for the hell of it, it was Memorial Day weekend. I'm like. I'm going to just do some sketches and put them up and, and see how they go. And, um, experiment. Yeah. Just totally like so offhand. And like, it was, I had put five minutes of thought into it. It was like, ah, oh, why not? And they just, boom, they just all sold instantly. And it was just like, I ended up keep, they kept it going and ended up making like a bunch of money be, just from this offhand, offhanded idea. It just, just kind of popped into my head. But, you know, there's been a million failures before that that I tried that didn't work out. So you really have to uh, – it takes time. It takes like, you know, years of, of, of trying things out to, figure, well, to find your way, you know. It, like you made, a, you made a big leap there that where you were like I, ha- I wanted to try something and I, and I had this idea. And then in, in a way that part's not hard. Yeah, I had this mm-hmm. idea. Right, but right. The leap, the leap from, um, here's where I'm at. Here, I need to have some extra money, and then this idea, and then the leap from that idea, and then execution. That is the part that is only built by years of trial and error. Um, basically, basically, I love this word, and it's not used enough. Grit. Right. Like, I, I, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm going to make and you know, cause I, I could have said like, well, you had this idea. Well, what if you failed? I'm sure you thought about that. And a lot of times that will stop people. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, this might, this might not pan out. And so I won't do it. Well, you just closed off so many possible doors. And even if it does fail, that's still progress. Yeah. People absolutely. are afraid of failure, but you, you've done it enough. And, and I, I hope you understand that I say this in a kind way. You failed enough just because of experience. I failed enough. Like people who absolutely. have worked, have failed enough to go, I know what um, will and won't work enough to go, let's try this. And then you, and then is an, ex- it's like you're a scientist. It was an experiment mm-hmm. and you use a test and you put it out there and then you see what it was. Now, the idea of wanting something quick and easy and there's an answer, that possibility of that idea doesn't, that you could, you could get paralyzed with whether or not it'll succeed and you might just never do it. But having an idea and then taking the leap to doing it 
is only built from years of spending the time and having the grit to go, here's what has worked, here's what hasn't worked, or, you know, I haven't tried this yet. I have no idea. But if I do, I have this other, again, everything is video games. I have this other skill tree, you know, I have points in that tree that now go, you know, I have a a metric. So the next time I want to try something similar and you go, is it going to fail? I have no idea. And you go, okay, remember that one time I did this thing kind of like that? That leap from the idea to the to the to the execution of that idea, that is the thing that I think I see a lot that is missing of here's what I think might work, but I'm afraid that it'll fail. So I won't try it. I'm like, well, your failure is still a win. Yeah, absolutely. It didn't work. There's the cost. But if you're going to chase that tiny cost of that, the amount of experience that you're going to miss out on good, bad or otherwise for that little cost this is what it's built on is this experience, not the little financial success of the selling, but of the of the agency of going, I did this thing, whether right. it succeeded or failed, I'm ready to do the next thing. Right. Not how much did I make off my first painting? Right. <laughs> you're building you're building grit, you're building tenacity, you're building the ability to be an entrepreneur entrepreneur to sell your next work. But that only comes if you're willing to risk failure. And if you're not, you you may not be cut out for it. But yeah, I think people are. I think they just are afraid of that. Well, it's it's. I, I think it's funny that the the um, the cliche of the sensitive artist and how artists are wimpy and you know they're the you know what I'm saying the kind of like totally and and it's 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 the opposite. It's like you have to uh-huh. you have to face so much personal rejection of your you know your you're expressing your inner feelings and emotions and you and you ha- and you get shit on especially when you're starting you get turned down at galleries your stuff doesn't sell and you have to keep going you have to believe in yourself more than everybody else does like i remember when i was first starting i was i was always believed what i was doing like i thought the paintings were really good i'm like these are really good i, I just i believe in them and i would i would get turned down to, all these different galleries and and stuff wasn't selling, but I, I just, I felt like I was the only person in the world who, who knew the secret thing, which was that I had these really good paintings and I was like, I know that they're good. And it's just like, I just, you know, I, I had that grit. I had that belief in myself and, and, and it, you, you have to be tough. You really have to be tough. I think totally. in, in uh, any kind of creative career where you, where you're where you're putting yourself into the work in that way you know it's you know it's painful but that's what you, you got to do you have to be the first you have to be the first like 10 people 20 people 100 people that believe in your work like right. you ha- you have to be all of them like you've heard of the whole there's a there's a great uh thread somewhere about um age so it's like taste versus skill so like when you're young you have good taste you're like i know i know what's good art and i know what's i know what's a good image i know what's strong i know what's creative i know what's interesting but i don't have this skill to execute so you have this high level of taste but this low level of skill Mm -hmm. and then you know the struggle of the young artist is to bring the skill up to you know the taste there's a great book i'll send you it's like this thin so many art books out there, but this, this one's called Art and Fear. It's one of oh, the best yeah. books. Have you my, read that book? No, but my my friend, I have a friend who ke- keeps telling me to read this book. So good. I got to read it's it. I got to read it. like 60 I know, pages. Like, I know, I know. I read it on a subway trip once. It's so short. 
But it, I'll save that for another day. But the the crux is basically that when you start out, you you have the belief of what you can do, or maybe you're nervous, but you but you're like, this is good, right? And maybe it's just not good enough for the world to see, or maybe I'm not personally skilled enough. But like, I know what I'm doing is good and right. Everyone's against you, and you know, I just had this interesting thought that like, it's not what you make that. I hate the word artist, but you know, at this point I realize I have to use that word. Yeah. For myself. <laughs> Get over the it. longest time. I never wanted to use it, but I think, I think if I'm going to own it and say if, that what makes an artist isn't that they, that they make stuff. Um, it's that they don't stop making stuff. Right. Like, like having that like creative drive, you, you got to have that thing that says, I'm going to make it on an uphill battle with the world against me and I'm just going to make it. And then I guess to our conversation, the next step for the, for the working artist, (laughs) um, (laughs) not poor artist is then the next step is I'm going to figure out a way to make this pay the bills. Right. And, you know, keep your, again, integrity is such a weird word, but like make your work, we figure out how to sell your work. Um, and frankly, I'm sorry, if it means you have to take a job, that's not your favorite job doing something that's creative, of painting or drawing exactly what you want, but it affords the opportunity to for a year or something, right? Or six months to paint what you do want. That's not a selling out. That's that's agency. Right. <laughs> that's enabling. Right. right. Well, um, I, the, the the selling out thing too is 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 so dumb, really, because is that even a concept anymore? I, I, maybe kids? not. I mean, it, when I was growing up, it was a big thing, especially I was told it was. you know. But but it's you know everybody. In a capital society, everybody is selling out all the time. Totally. If you if you're gonna, you know, everybody is a prostitute. I mean, it sounds every you're giving your time away to to earn money. This is the way the world works. This is the system, whether you like it you or not. Live in a cave, right? Your own on a mountain and grow your own food and not have any anything. Go for it. Right, right. So it's like but like. Anything else, you got to pay for things, right? <laughs> so and it doesn't you, mean that you like throw your soul away. It just right. means you. It's just another skill that you learn, like walking or breathing. Right, right. And and I think that treating it like a game is is a really great point that you made. And and that's really the way you should treat life too. Really, it's it, you know treat life as a game. That's um, but 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 treat the difficult things that you're not comfortable with, like embracing the business aspect of your art career, treat that like a game too. You know, there, there's a way to win that game and, and that's the fun. You know, if you just knew how to do it and you could just do it, it wouldn't be any fun. You know, you wouldn't have fun if you just did something and were hugely successful right away. And then, you know, you see this happen with people that get too much success too fast. They just get bored with everything. You know, you got to treat it like you got to find the fun in it in a way, you know, or the, or enjoy the challenge of it, I guess. For me, it comes down to that, that, you know, like I, I spend a lot of my time studying, researching, trying to learn, um, just curious about what makes, like what makes the idea of creativity, this abstract separate thing that some people have or are, or exist in and others don't. I believe that everyone is creative. I don't believe that it's something yeah, you're born with. Definitely. I believe that something that you I believe something that you lose through a number of reasons, like 
people teach you you're you're taught to lose your creativity but i don't think you are born with it or without and i know people want to have conversations about innate talent i just just don't believe in it but the thing that i keep coming back to that that seems to right now in my life encapsulate you know the nature of an aspect of creativity that i can identify with is again that curiosity yeah um, which is which is what you're saying, like 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 it's a game, a game, game theory, gaming. Like, you know, if I want, to, okay, I want to make this work. Okay, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make these paintings. Going to make these. And there's games within games, but um, I don't have enough money to pay the rent. Okay, well, why? And and how do I how do I solve that problem? Right. Okay. Well, like, what are your values and what do you want to do? And you're like, well, I want to make work. Okay. Well, how do I make my work? solve my rent and then and then you just you sort of and there's no answer you sort that out right um if you're if you're now paying the bills but you're bored you go well what's gonna satisfy me and my boredom so that i can get more refreshed energy back to the less fun creative thing that's maybe you know really making a lot of money at this point in my life but it's not as fun but i really want to you know stay in this and make it be fun and not get burnt out you know how do i how do i take the other part of my you know, curiosity and, and, and slake it, you know, whether it's another discipline or sometimes you may be overworked or whatever it right. is and go, how do I, how do I solve that so that I can have more energy for this finding that balance? Um, but that curiosity, that curiosity, yeah. like how do I solve it? And it can be stressful. And I, I try not to live, you know, I try to be as aware of privilege as I can. Everyone has their problems. Everyone has their struggles, mm-hmm. but within the struggles that you have that you have agency over. Um, what do you have agency over? I had a I had a message come to me uh, on Instagram because I think I gave a, an interview once talking about like, you know, you got to be willing to work really, really, really hard if you want to do this job. And I'll just speak from my own experience. You yeah. got to really, you got to, you got to be willing to do the work when you don't want to do the work. Right. I was like, oh, you do what you love. It's easy. I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, there are times when you can, you know, and that's maybe part of the challenge is like, how do I make this work so fun and interesting? But sometimes right, it is right. a damn grind. Yeah. So, the, so I said something like, and I play, again, I play a lot of video games and I was like, sometimes you got to put down the video game controller. Sometimes you got to turn your show off. Sometimes you got to stay up later. Sometimes you got to do whatever to work on your craft, to work on your business, to work on your whatever. Um, and I think, I'm pretty sure that was the crux of what I would have said, because it's what I believe in. And someone sent me a thing that was like, man, all I want to do right now is just, I'm, I'm exhausted. I just want to go play some video games. Um, and it was something like, uh, you know, it must be nice for artists like NC who say that, you know, I'm, I'm being a slacker because I want to go do that because <laughs> um, he thinks that that's that's a waste of my time. And like they tagged me on it and, and I, I messaged the person back. And normally I don't with these. And I was like, where is this coming from? And she sort of explained, she explained that concept of where she saw. And I explained like, this is what I said. And I was like, I don't diminish anyone's problems. I don't diminish anyone's struggles. I have my own definite struggles. Um, I play, I'll just stay up late and just binge because I'm like, I need a break. I've been working too long. Right. I'm just, and I have, you know, problems with just, you know, I'll play till four in the morning. Like, right. <laughs> but, but like sometimes you need to. Yep. And then into, in her defense, she was like, my, my apologies. I, I read it wrong and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you out. 
And I was like, you know, best of luck with whatever you're going through. I absolutely wish you the best. Um, I just, you know, I, I wanted to clear up what you, you know, and it was all privately. And, right. but it was, it was this idea that like, sometimes, sometimes you just got to freaking work your ass off. You want to do this thing. You want to be your own boss. People are like, oh, I want to be my own boss. I'm like, that is, <laughs> it is not an easy, everyone's like, it's this easy, like daydream gig of like, oh, I get to just yeah, sleep. I can wake up whenever I want and go to sleep whenever I want and do whatever I want. It's like, no, you have to work all the time. I, I'm always at the coffee <laughs> shop and, and they're like, what are you doing today? I'm like working. Like you're always working. I'm like, yeah, my boss is a real, like, like it's a hard ass and I never get any time off. And they're like, I thought you worked for yourself. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> like, you, you know, I don't, I work for myself. I have the most, we've been out in California for about 12 years. When we moved out here. One of my goals was to learn to surf and go uh, surfing on the regular. I can work from home. We're relatively close to the beach, maybe 15, 20 minutes. I can get to the ocean. I can go surf anytime I want. You know how many times I've gotten in the water on a surfboard? <laughs> maybe three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally maybe three in 12 years. My kid's been surfing more than I have. And yeah. he just started like a little bit last year. Like I just yeah. don't, you don't make the time. And that's bad. And I got to work on that. But, but that's the, that's what you give up. That's one of the, I mean, these are the kind of things you have to sacrifice in order to be your own boss and have this job, you know? Well, and I'm sure some people have balance better than I do. That's yeah. my goal. Like right, right, right. But it's also, you know, it's in my experience, it is not this easy street lifestyle. Hell and you must get this way more than I do. Is is it ever strange to you to have people say, um, or do people have people approach you as in like, hey, you've got all these answers and you found success. Teach me how you do it. And and you feel like, I don't know yeah, totally. what I'm, I don't know what I'm I've, doing. Yeah, I still that. don't know what I'm doing. I still don't know. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> I still don't realize that. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I feel a lot of times I feel I still don't know what I'm doing with, with painting. Sometimes I feel like I have no idea what to do here. Uh, you know, my career, especially though, it's like, I don't know. I, I'm just like, I can't, I can't get because of the, I, I don't see past like a week. It's like, it's all about like, okay, I've got two weeks to make this money. That's what it's all about all the time for me. It's like, or, or the month. It's like, I know I've got these bills lined up. I got to figure something out. I don't have like a, uh, a steady system that just is, you know, constant flow of money. The we got to get you a system. We got to get you some, some income that just is trickling in. We yeah. Gotta, well, we no, that's that what happen. the Patreon is. That's what the Patreon is. It's like that's paying for my mortgage every month, which is amazing. So that's nice. like a step in the right direction. That's why I'm trying to get, you know, more of that. Um, but yeah, that's relatively new. It's like I think I've been on there less than a year, and, and so. But that's that was. It took me a year to get on there. I heard about it, and I was like, "No, this is this other stuff is working for me now." And then I finally talked to um, this guy Pete Morbacher, who's an illustrator. He's really good. Is really successful on Patreon. Like, you know, I think I saw his, he was making 7,000 a month or something. And I was like, oh, oh you can no. do that. And wow. he's like, was very open about it. And like, 
he's a big cheerleader for Patreon. And he kind of convinced me to do it. And then I got on there. I was like, oh, why did I wait a year? I would have been so much further ahead. But, you know, you don't know because you don't know. And it's like you don't. And, and the other thing that's hard is you don't know. You don't know what to try because some things yeah. could be like kind of a waste of time. But you have to take that chance. You know, I've done a lot of things that were just like, oh, oh I just pissed. Out. Oh, oh where'd you go? I'm there here. You, you went oh. away. Or I went away. Okay. Yeah, I think you went away because everything was good on this end. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, you were saying you got to make that time. You gotta. Um, you've got to make that risk. Go ahead. You yeah, yeah. Back. No, it's because you don't know if it's going to work or not. That's the thing, and, and so it's it's always you've got to be willing to do. You just got to be willing to try things and and be okay with like you said with it failing. You know, be okay with it not working out if it doesn't work out. It's fucking hairy, man. It's such a hairy lifestyle. It's crazy. It's really crazy. It seems like <laughs> it seems like what what happens is you, like you you don't know what to do. You try things, they work, they don't work. The stuff that works, you go with it, and you have this idea that um, I'm just going to keep doing this. I mean, I, I did that a long time ago, or I embraced the idea that I don't know what I'm doing. It's a it's a shit show. Like yeah. it is it's flying by the seat of my pants. Um figuring stuff out as I go. Not even fake it till you make it. Just keep faking it. Like right. and not even well, I, I've been told to not say that. I know what you mean though. People uh, know what you mean when you, you know say what I mean? that. Yeah, yeah. Like like and at some point you just do that. And then at some point people go like, Oh, you're successful. Like what are the tricks and secrets? And I was like, what? And, and, and uh, what <laughs> I was going to ask you, <laughs> I'm asking <laughs> well, this guy over here. <laughs> yeah. That same, like I'm, I'm winging it. I look, you know, like whoever you, like, I'm always trying to keep a wide net of what other people are doing, what my peers are doing, what musicians are doing, right. what actors are doing, content creators are doing everything. Like again, curiosity, but like, you know, and in my mind with that wide scope, like I look at what I'm doing and there's some stuff where I'm like, you know, I have this figured out enough for me. Right. I, I've given up leaving right or wrong the proper. I just, this works for me. But, um, it occurred, you know, I, I, so I compare myself to them and go like, Oh, I'm not doing this right. I need to get this right. fixed and I need to take this and I need to handle this. Um, but lately a lot of it is, well, you know, I have these deadlines and this success on this front and these things. Um, so I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep, um, doing this thing for now until I find a better way. And if I can't find a better way, that's just what I do. Um, and if that's what I do, then this works for me for now, but right. I'm, I'm not going to have any illusion that this is any kind of proper way, but I'm also going to let myself off the hook for, um, you know, I'm not doing it the correct way or I could be doing it this better way or I need to be doing what this person's doing or because then when you start going down that road, there's just too many damn people in the world and right. you're just going to set yourself for disappointment. Everyone is doing globally the royal. Everyone is doing a better job than you are because there's just too many people. It's just one person. So when you start comparing to that, of course, you know, you, the Royal, you is, is doing a bad job compared to everyone. Right. You know what I mean, right. And it's important sometimes to go, you know, to, to, to self-reflect and go, I'm doing pretty good for me. Right. And right. I'm not, and I'm also looking up and I'm sure you're looking up yeah. and you're not looking down at the people who are like, like, right. I wish I was in that position. Cause it's hard to, cause you're, yeah, cause you're yeah. climbing. But, um, 
Yeah, my wife, I was getting so, uh, just, I had like a, a freak out a few days ago, like two days ago, where it's just like, I've got, I've got business stuff, just, you know, money stuff. And I was just like, I had one of those days where I was like, oh my God, just worrying all day. And um, my wife was like, you know, you need to give yourself some credit for what you've done. You're basically supporting, you know, we own a house. You're supporting the whole family. You still, you know, help out with the kids, even though they're adults once in a while. And, you know, we, I've been supporting my whole family with just the art since I left the business in like 2010 or 2009 or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but I never, I never look at it like, wow, that's pretty amazing to be a, a, a fine artist, independent in California owning a home, supporting a family, you know, that's, I, but I never think of it like that. I'm always just like, oh, why is what this, am I not doing? Yeah. What am I not doing? Why am I not like, you know, why am I not making money like Ron English or someone, you know, it's like, <laughs> how is he doing it? What does he know? What's his secret? And it's like, it, it's You're probably looking at the people who are above who you right. wish you could be at. Right. And then the filter of that always goes, what I'm doing is not as good. Right. Right. But, but it's not, um, it's not a good way to look at it. You know, it's not, it's not really a good way to look at it because you got to give yourself I mean, credit, easy. you know, we're doing, well, I mean, I, it's so, hard just, to, let it's me just say, to. let me just say this. The fact that we're able to make a living as artists is amazing. We're like kind of in the 1% of the world. You know, we're our own little 1%. It's hard to make a living as an artist. Just make a living. Yeah. It, you know? it is, but it's one of those it's tricky because, you know, there are people that I've heard of that'll be like, Oh, man, like you're an artist. Like, I wish I could be an artist and make art all day for my job. But some of us have real jobs and whatever. So I I agree with you. But it's one of those that like it's and it's a tricky thing to talk about. But like people's struggles are people's struggles. Right. Like your situation with how you feel, you know, a big thing is I try to practice mindfulness but that's the, the it's like a buzzword nowadays right. but like so it's important to go you know this is what i have and this is this is where i am and this is the success i have and and to just focus on the negative you know i'm a i'm a i'm a moderately successful artist living in southern california i don't own a home but like i rent but like we we have a successful life we're not you know, right, right. at the poverty line, we have right. a roof, like yeah. we have a family. So, so there is that, and it's important to look at that stuff. But it is very easy to go to get caught up in the like day to day and rent and bills and all that. And there's no shame or or it, it's it's fine to be frustrated by that stuff. It's absolutely right. fine to, right. to because it also means that what it means is that you care about your family. It means you care about your your life. It means you care about success, and you're and you're doing what you can. So. You know, it's easy to go, well, here's, you know, starving people over here. Yeah, over right. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, things like we're white dudes, so we already have an easier difficulty right. level than the rest of the world. Right. But at the same time, like, 
you're allowed to be frustrated, but yeah, it is good to find the balance of both sides, but it doesn't mean that you can't go, Hey man, like I'd, I'd like to not be this stressed all the time. Hey, right. I'd like to exactly. always be scrounging for money. I'd like this to be a little more streamlined because you have your own health. You have your own mental state right. that you have to live with, you know? Well, and it's more apparent the older I get too, cause I can't do, it's, it, it's a lot harder to do the all nighters now than when I was even your age, you know? Especially when I was in my, you know, early thirties, that was no no big deal at all. Or your your twenties, you know, you could pull all nighters, no problem, piece of cake. You know, it's like now it takes me. If I just did one recently, and it fucked me up for like three days after just one all nighter, and I used to do them all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. so so it's it that gets old. So yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'm just, I don't, um, the point I was making, and I think the point she was making is that I'm way out of balance the other way. I'm, I don't give myself enough credit, you know, which is, I'm sure, weird to people listening to this podcast because it probably seems like I'm, you know, I'm at the top of my field and, and I'm, but I'm still feeling, you know, I still feel <laughs> the pinch. I talk, they, they got to be used to it now, by now. Cause I'm always bitching about money and stuff, but, but still, you know, it's like, it doesn't feel like that long ago that I just kind of went out on my own and started. It really, it doesn't seem like 20 years or whatever it's been. It, it doesn't seem like that long ago that I, I just, you know, started and had no idea what the hell I was doing at all with anything. But. Well, I think I think there could be a whole there's like a uh, um, dark art society after dark that's maybe um, <laughs> artists talking about the you know the the real anxieties and stresses and money concerns of of the world of making art for a living and have to yeah. generate creative i don't say content but but and not the it's the drive to generate work but sometimes it's a drive to generate work sometimes you're like i don't want to paint i don't want to work i don't want right. to i have ideas but i'm cool with them just living in my head and you're like uh, yeah i got a bill coming up or i got yep. this or this happened to the house or this is my kid or my dog or whatever um and it's tricky because um again there's this disconnect that you know there appears to be a lot of people who will see the artist lifestyle with any kind of success and be like, oh, like must be nice, yeah. <laughs> must be easy. But that there isn't heavy anxiety and stress and paranoia and fear um, and real world concern about bills and life and health, yeah, and right. mental health yeah. and sanity and stability and balance. Um, I don't I don't think, you know. There is this, you know, the idea of the give yourself credit. Uh, again, we have a whole other, we could have a whole other conversation yeah, <laughs> about spouses and uh, having to to live as therapists for their uh, for their artist counterpart. Um, I sometimes think she needs therapy just to be my therapist. Right. <laughs> but um, like that is important, and there is absolutely a balance to be found because it's it's just straight up stressful. Like it's yeah. straight up like you know I. I consider myself fortunate to be able to be in the position I'm in with my work, with what I'm doing. It doesn't mean I'm not stressed. It doesn't mean after this, I'm not going to go back to work right. tonight. Um, it's like what? 10 45 right yeah. now. Um, yep. 
it it is hard work and it is and, and you develop this just different level of hours that you work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for most of the artists that I talk to. Um, but that does take a toll. Yeah. And you get into this personally, like you get into this weird cycle where, you know, oh, I haven't you know, I only worked like 50 hours this week. Like I used to right. work 60, 70 hours a week. And it's like, you know, you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a slacker or I'm behind. Right. Or, you know, I've been a slacker all week. And then, and then you take moments where you lounge or you sit or you drink or you smoke or you play video games or whatever it is. And then you feel, you know, indulgent because right. now you're like my, my own downtime shouldn't be allowed because I should have been working like I used to be or mm-hmm. because we have these obligations and because, you know, we're supporting, um, combine that with all of the shit that knocks around in a, in a creative mind and not that I don't like the idea of the tortured artist as like a, as like a trope, but like that you're just balancing the shit that's knocking around in there creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get into this weird cycle where like all of a sudden you do need to take care of yourself. You do need to have downtime. You do need to be good to yourself. You do need to take a damn break. We right. talked briefly the other night at, at the gallery about like space. About yeah, air, right, about right. Just like I find myself just going for a drive to get coffee or something. And I'm like, I wish I didn't have to go get it. And then I find myself in the car with nothing else to do, enjoying. Right. You know, <laughs> and I have ideas and I go like, oh, I didn't look at trees this way or I yep. space. And it's just like a 10, 15 minute drive, but it's a little break that goes, if I worked 10, 14 hours in the studio all day, I wouldn't have had the the clarity on some stuff that I right. had in that 15 minute. And, but we will never go, you know, what we should do is give ourselves more time to take breaks. We won't ever do right. that. Like, that's yeah. not the first thought, but it no. should be. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm talking, I don't think I'm making any sense. <laughs> no, no, you're. Great. And you should definitely start a podcast and we'll, we will talk <laughs> about that. We're actually at over two hours, so I got to wrap it oh, up and, and let do. you get back to your work. And I'm definitely got to start working <laughs> after this too. It's 10 PM, 10 45 PM. But, um, that was great. Yeah. I, I appreciate you coming on. That was very insightful. This is, I, I have, this is going to be a really good episode. I, uh, you know, I appreciate I, it, man. You, you may be doubting it, but, um, <laughs> I think it's going to be really good. It's going to be a really good one. People are going to dig it because a lot of people that listen to the the show are um, not just fans, but aspiring artists that want to start careers or just want to get a, a peek behind the curtain of what it's like. Um, so it's going to do well. You'll see. You'll see. People are going to talk about <laughs> it. Um, but thank you. I will f- say I'm just happy to have the personal, you know, I haven't socialized and chatted and got right. I know <laughs> the conversation was nice. I got to do more of that. I know I it's, it's kind of cool. That's one, one of the cool things about doing the podcast is I get to talk to like a new artist every week and it's like, Oh, it's, it's interesting. And, and about the only social interaction I get other than my wife and um, my dogs and going to an art show once every three months or something, you know? So are you, are you, I don't, I don't mean to get in a hole of a can of worms and maybe we can table this, but like, are you monetizing the podcast or, you know, is it for sale or how does it? The, it's free, but, but there's a Patreon for the podcast too. Okay. So, um, because I, I, I hear what you've been saying and what you've been doing and you have over a hundred, 150 episodes of this thing. Yeah. This is going to be 136, I think. That's that's massive. Like everything I've heard about a podcast is like, well, you know, sort of how I look at watercolors when you want to teach someone is we'll start with a hundred watercolors, start with a hundred episodes, 
and then talk about making it a business. Like just get it under right. your belt. You have, and you have interviews with, barring me, like some some like top huge legendary artists. I know. And you have conversations. This, I don't know. I'm thinking this is your Chet Zar future thing that like, like I, this is. This is this is your content creation creativity. Not that the painting isn't. It's right. brilliant. But no, I was just I was just I was saying who was I telling that to just yesterday? Oh, Jeff Bradford. He's a, a, a he 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 came out for the show. He was kind of helping me um, set up for the the show and hanging out and stuff. He's a Dark Art Society member and um, an artist also. And I, we were talking, um, and I was I was saying that I kind of feel like this is becoming my thing sort of like, because, because the thing, the element that it has that maybe my artwork doesn't have is that it's, it's like a service. So I'm like being of service to people with it. So it's helping. And I, and the artwork, I guess, does that also in a different way, but this is like practical information. It's very much like a civic thing in a way. It's like helping to build this community and giving them information and, and, um, so it's a I, conversation versus a declaration. Right. Yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a one-sided thing and right. you can talk about it, but it is receptive versus this, which is, you know, it's back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely just kind of, you know, like I always do, I'm just following my nose and seeing where it goes. We just started a website. We had that first show that you were in, um, which is a milestone and we, and we launched the website darkartsociety.com where uh if you join the patreon you get to uh you get to have a membership on the website for you know you could just it's like a, as little as a dollar a month you get to go in there and we're going to um hopefully steer things away from facebook so we have our own little community in there so there's not a bunch yep. of bullshit we're dealing with so good idea yeah things are things are going things are happening um like i said i'm just following this thing it was st sort of started completely like just a th just like the sketches, the, the the sketch thing. It was like, hey, let's do a podcast. You know, this would be cool. And it's yeah, you did sketch theater way back in the day, right? Yeah, that was your jam. Uh, I didn't ago? I didn't start it, but I I, I was the first okay. artist on there. I think. Oh. Uh, yeah, the people uh, Alex Alvarez at Nomon and and my friend Lily. She was kind of in charge of it, and she got me on there as the first artist. And then they ended up like make making t-shirts of that image. And I was like, if y'all would have known, I would have made something better. That's such not <laughs> a very good, it's not a very good drawing. <laughs> Ask was, me next time and I'll give you a better image. <laughs> Don't just grab something that's not for a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, I hear what you're saying, but we, I want to have you on again. Cause you were too good. Yeah, we'll chat guest. more even off, off the mic. To, Cause I yes. can see this going to cool places. And yeah. I think this value of this in and of all of what it is on so many levels has a different but really strong value compared to it's intriguing to me versus just making a thing that is received like this is right a, yeah this is it's build, like it. it's building a community is what is happening totally. that was the whole idea is is that just one one quick thing is the, the you know when mike mike carell the guy i started this podcast with is, is no longer with the podcast he did it made a documentary about me. We kickstarted it, mm -hmm. got it done, distributed all that stuff. And when, when during the, the documentary, the documentary is, starts out about me and it kind of ends up being about the dark art society scene that, or the dark art scene that's happening. And one thing we discovered while filming it was like, this is like a big thing that there's a lot of people into this. This isn't, 
it's not as fringe as I thought it was. This is there's a lot. Some it's 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 speaking to people, and nobody knows really. You've got all these people that are just spread out throughout the world that are really love this kind of dark imagery, and they're all super cool and really nice, friendly people. So there's that's kind of unusual and odd. Um, but not ghouls and monsters. Yeah, exactly. They're the cool people. They're the nice people. They're the vegetarians and animal lovers. It's, it's kind of hilarious, but it's just, it's cool. It's a cool dichotomy there. And so that got us thinking about, um, doing this podcast as a way to galvanize the community because it's like, okay, there's all these people out there, but there's no central place for them to kind of congregate and become a thing. So, that sort of was the idea behind this podcast, just to bring people together in a community so that it's like, hey, there's a whole lot of people that are into this and it's cool to to be into it. You know, you don't have to feel like a weirdo anymore. I didn't even think about that. Like so many of the other movements and groups and whatever and the lowbrow and pop surrealism, like uh, one of your, I think, very early episodes strikes me. I, rem- I remember I haven't heard a ton of them again. I dropped off for a while and I've gotten back into it, but now I'm chugging through. Mm-hmm. I think it was Menton th- three, Menton uh-huh. and David. I'm going to butcher it. Stupakis. Right. They uh, had a podcast, and I used to go on their podcast. Okay, so it was probably it was, on their you guys podcast. Were talking about. Oh, okay. Now I'm now I'm putting my foot in my mouth. But you guys, I remember there was a conversation that struck me where you were talking about the label dark art. And oh yeah, yeah, and they weren't into it. And there was, <laughs> so they weren't into it, or, or you weren't. I forgot. Somebody was I, like, I was like, I was saying, everybody calls it this already, so let's just accept it and move right. on. Who cares what the and name they didn't is. want to do it because it, it started to stigmatize label, and you yeah. were like, fuck it, like let's just roll with it. It's just like and I remember that being, you know, yeah, Giger Giger's not a cool name. It's it's cool because of the art of the guy. You know, it doesn't matter. Or, or let's say. Uh, you know, Steven Spielberg, that's a, like an ordinary sure. dumb name, but it's like the guy's great and talented. That's what makes the name great. So anyway, that was kind of my point. Let's just settle on it and move on. And, you know, it, instead of waiting around for some dumb detail, like finding the perfect name for something, it's like the na- name is well, <laughs> whatever. Well, that's what I mean. Like, so, so within that, there were like, you know, the further back you go, that it seems like there were fewer and fewer names and faces in the scene. It was more fringy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure they weren't. It's just they were I maybe literally in the shadows. But <laughs> I think about it now and I'm thinking about all the artists that fit under this umbrella. And again, I'm even like I was honored to be included, but I was like, I haven't done it in a while and my stuff doesn't really fit anywhere. But I'm, I'm I, I appreciate being involved. But there's such a wide range of different exactly. kinds of dark art right but just under a huge umbrella exactly again lowbrow pop surrealism what the hell does that even mean right right. but this has a very specific bent that sort of just means if anything the word i keep coming back to is there's a bit of uh, melancholia but not necessarily Mm -hmm. sadness right that you know classic that's part of of it that's part of it you know there's 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 all there's a lot of pieces there's the horror element there's the uh angry element there's the you know there's a compassionate side to it, you know, where sure. you're, 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 I look at Alex Gray's work and I could see that fitting. Oh yeah. In he, places in this. Absolutely. Al, even though that's Alex know. sees it as part of the visionary art, sure. you know, which is like, okay, I can see that, you know? And the funny thing is Alex used to be a monster kid when he was a kid, he was into famous <laughs> monsters magazines. Doesn't surprise he, me. He's shown me his pictures where he was drawing like 
tombstones and monsters. He's like, I'm all into He's like, I'm all about the monsters. He loves monsters. You know, he just kind of found his thing and went with it. But yeah, it, it, he, and some of his work really touches on that as well. You know, it's totally. a, it's a wide umbrella and it, and it's just been kind of, I don't know, sort of overlooked, I think, or, or not taken seriously. So we're just trying to le- legitimize it as a movement and, and <clears throat> galvanize the, the, the fans, you know, so I think it's great, and I think there's definitely meat here for, um, not not that it has to turn into something else, but of course, again, my my brain wants to. Oh yeah, I'm the same way. I'm like, this. where can this go? <laughs> what can this be? Can a dark art society convention? You know, we're we're a retreat. You know, yeah. we're all we're all thinking it's not about a bad this. Idea. Yeah, I know it's. It's it's and it's all you know. The, as the Patreon gets bigger and there's more money to support these things, it's it's. I think it's going to happen, you know, because I'm not going to stop doing it. I think that's also the way to go, especially with the way censorship's going and the way everything is is. And this is going to be ironic, but monetized towards ads. Right. And so you're already competing with corporate entities that are going to go, okay, if you want to show just what you make, you got to pay a certain amount of money to get it in front of people. Well, that's the new reality and that's the new paradigm. A subscription service. Uh, I was listening to Dan Quintana's uh, episode the other day when he was like 12 bucks a year, which is an interesting way of thinking about right. it. It's like, that's like three or four coffees. Yeah, depending it's nothing. On you, <laughs> it, and you get, again, not only all the stuff, but the insider stuff and the and the community of it um, compared to what you have to pay. Well, and this is a whole other thing, but like not even just pay ads wise, but pay um, with your sanity on Facebook and all the political stuff and all the angry assholes and the trolls and your data being mined. You know what I mean? Or even that's a price. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is. (laughs) My wife who's in marketing is like, you know, if, if it's free, then um, you're, you're the product. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You just, someone's paying for it. And if you're not paying for it, then you are the product, uh, you know, or you are the service, but you're not getting something for free. You are being got to someone else's ad pool. But um, if that's the case anyway, and, and beyond even just the, the, you know, the cynicism of Facebook, which I totally agree, just the overload of, of attention right you know what i mean if you have everything everyone's everything and then you have just a a pool of this is the dark art or this is the people making this stuff you have this 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 group for for no money um making stuff in a community sort of way that isn't i don't know that's supportive right yeah it's profoundly interesting and i mean i get into stuff where you know there's interconnected personal People being there for each other and therapy and emotional mm-hmm. support. I think that's all part of it. Yeah. Uh, I think especially probably within this genre. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. But like that's part of it versus just am I going to pay money to have my stuff stand out within the avalanche of right. feed garbage? I don't know. I think it's the future. Yeah, I agree. I should let you go. I'll just keep never stop talking. Well, no, that's uh, <laughs> it's uh, profoundly interesting conversation and uh, a great actually a great way to end the podcast so thank you for bringing that up uh like i said i definitely want to have you on again for sure You're, you you got to come back oh, i'd be honored thank um, you man i will edit a little more and, and put no, up no no it was perfect I'm, I'm telling you it's gonna be a, you're gonna you're gonna see people are gonna love this episode it was really good a really good one i'm super excited about it um thank you for coming on yeah, taking the time man it's great to reconnect with you after all these years and um uh yeah let's uh keep doing it you know, let's keep, Absolutely. let's keep being, Pleasure. let's keep being friends. 
And everybody out there. My pleasure, man. Yeah. (laughs) You're a cool dude. So everybody out there, thank you for listening and um, sharing. If you can share the podcast, that's that's a great way to support. If you can uh, donate to the Patreon, you get the podcast a day early. And more things, as we get more organized, more things are going to uh, be available for for supporting um, at a financial level. So more, lots of exciting things are happening. The, the, the website, let me just say this about the website. The website is up and running. And right now, Josh G, who's, who's kind of running, it has to add people manually for right now. So if you have trouble logging in, it, it, we'll take care of it eventually. We're still working the bugs out. But it, the website looks amazing and it really feels good. I went on there and it was like, just had a good feeling about it. It's smooth and really awesome. So anyway, you get it, you can become a member by uh, donating, uh, sub- subscribing at least a dollar a month on the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash dark art society. You can also support my Patreon where I'm doing time lapses and progress shots and posting just pretty much every day, everything I'm working on at all times for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash chetzar. And anything you want to plug? Do you have any, what's your, what's your, your, I'll post it in the, in the, in the body of the, the text, but also yeah. just give <laughs> out. Your, do that, if, if anyone's interested in the, and they, and they're, they tuned in because my name was on this, which is bananas. But if you care <laughs> about what I had to say, I have been meaning to get on, patreon to actually explore it more so yours and the dark art society will be my official i'm going to email you after this to get right. the details i'm going to i'm going to subscribe today so i'm doing thank it you thank for you at least a couple bucks a month just because it's it's dumb that i haven't it's just on the list it's a new thing it's a new platform it takes takes some getting used to but when you start it yours is, but again i signed up six years ago and never <laughs> that's did true you have no excuse <laughs> I keep getting their like uh, Patreon creator newsletter, right. and I, I literally made an account and then never did anything else. So I just delete those now. But well, I, when I you won't unsubscribe because I'm, I want to do it. But I'll, I will subscribe to the pages for cool. sure. Cool, thank you. Well, when you finally do get your uh, Patreon, I'll, I'm definitely going to subscribe because I want to see how you do that stuff, and I want to support you. So I appreciate. It. Let me let me get a good chunk of stuff on there first before I ask for that. Um, if you want to find me, um, I got a weird name. It's pretty much NC Winners anything. So ncwinners.com for my website, um, Facebook. I have two. I there's the I never know page versus not page, but I put most of the art on the artwork of NC Winners on Facebook. Um, you'll see kind of the same avatar and everything. It's still probably 10 years old. Um, Instagram is, is kind of my main platform and that's NC winners art uh, on Instagram. Uh, Twitter, I think is NC winners, but I, I, I just use that as my affiliate through <laughs> yeah. not affiliate. I haven't been on Twitter in forever, but Instagram posts to Twitter. Yeah, so same I'm, here. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with Tumblr. Like I don't know if Tumblr's same here. <laughs> Got that <too>. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm at the bottom of any kind of relevant stack for those because I <laughs> just mainly use Instagram. Um I, the the thing I will say in regards to Patreon, I've I've slowly been evolving that sounds weird. I've slowly been moving away from as much social media because of how it's evolving. Right. So I'm pushing my own personal newsletter, um, which is just at ncwinners.com. 
Uh, and there's a sidebar that says sign up for the newsletter. Oh, that's cool. where I do my print drops, my my newsletters. Um, you know, if I do a print drop, I never give out the drop time, but I'll put it in the newsletter. So newsletter subscribers, and there's no fee, um, get that insider info. And that's just sort of my way as social media evolves to keep one thing that's sacrosanct, that's that's not going to change or get bought out. Right. Uh, unless, you know, MailChimp gets bought out. Um, <laughs> that That is just my way to, to keep more in touch with my base so yeah sign up for the newsletter and then yeah mainly instagram uh insta winners art i just signed and up to your newsletter boom oh. i did Bam. it while you were talking we boom it's all my stuff because my connection's been lagging but i'll check later <laughs> thanks sir <laughs> no problem um but it's just a, it's just an easier way to 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 get to people directly versus the situation that is social media yeah I try to respond to stuff on Instagram and social media. I apologize that I just, well, I'll be honest. I have not made it a priority. Yeah. Um, you get I've a lot of followers. You get like 230 something thousand followers. It's crazy. It's, it's, I got in at the time when it was the right time. Right. That way. Uh, you know, so, well, your stuff's awesome, it, it's, so. thanks, man. You so yeah, it. and then I'll have some drops and gig posters. So what do you have coming up, Chet? Uh, you know, I I'll probably mention this. I have to do a recording of the intro after we get off to send to to. I, I usually do the little intro separately, but actually, I did a gig poster. That's the weirdest thing about you. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's finest, uh, right? No, it's tool. Oh, you did the new tool. Yeah, no, I've I done was, a. Yeah, I did the. Know. I did one for. Uh, Primus a few years ago for the goblins, right? Yeah, that was that was a commission for somebody though, and they oh yeah, no, that was like a totally different thing. This is like a gig poster for Tool, and it just came out. I heard you were on the list, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it just came out today, which is the weird thing that we just happened to be, you know, the king of the gig. I interviewed the king of the gig, gig posters on nope. on the day that it came out, and I'm not even supposed That's to be talking about. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be talking. Well, I, I I'm. Technically not supposed to announce it publicly until tomorrow, but by the time this airs, it will be tomorrow. So it'll be cool. But um, yeah, that just came out and people are tripping out and really excited about it. So yeah, that's kind of what's been going on with me. I'm going to try to see if I can find it now. I knew you were on the list of people who were making them because I was super jealous. And uh, my printer who I use is doing the printing. Oh, really? had to. Yeah, he had to. Uh, Isaac had to pass on a gig that I had coming up because he was like, "If this tool thing comes through, so." Um, oh shit! I'll have to. Uh, uh, I'll pass your your website on to onto them if you want to. I, I think. Oh. They might be all done. I heard with, they're booked. Yeah, I think yeah, they're I think booked. They're booked but for the the next time or whatever, you know, I'm sure. I'm oh. sh- I'm sure Adam knows your stuff, but uh, I'll, I'll send I, it. I'll forward it on. I was never going to ask, but if you were, if you say that, I would happily <laughs> take that. Um, people have always said, like, you should do a tool poster. And I was like, yeah, I would love to. I can't believe you have um, You do an amazing one. Um, I can't wait to see it. When, when is it for tonight's gig? Yeah. People are posting it already, though. That's the thing. It's like trying to find it. It's on. I'll find it tonight. Yeah. It's probably on my <laughs> Facebook page. I'm sure someone tagged me in it and, and it's on my page or something. Um, oh, this is it. Uh, uh yep, they, I just found it. <laughs> yeah, they kind of they took the background out, oh, and put, did their bad. own. They, they they did the lettering and the background. It was a painting, I just, but you know it it, uh, it came out pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. They did. On yeah, that. the text is a little odd. 
I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, um, they did it on that rainbow or that metallic kind of paper, it looks like. Oh, kinda, the foil? Yeah, yeah the I was foil. wondering if they were going to do foils or not. I heard Tool might not do foils, but everything I had was secondhand. So it looks yeah. great, though, man. Oh, so cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll do you have you. any variant colorways or any of that stuff, or is that not? I don't think so. Talk about <laughs> I don't, not that I know of. I'll send you a picture of the original painting so you can really see sure. the image too. But all right. And I'll happily send any uh, screen print stuff anytime you're curious. If yeah, you want. cool. Definitely. Well, we'll stay in touch for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. All right, buddy. Thank you for coming on. Say, let's get, say goodbye to everybody. Ready? Bye, everyone. Thanks goodbye. for listening. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to all this. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>